Hello, and welcome to the Yerky Boys. May the Candrona shine and strengthen you. My name is Will. My name is Jonathan. And we are the, the Yerky Boys. Boys. That's us. Today we're doing book 19, The Departure. I just, it sounded like you just said the Yerky Boy singular. <laughs> well, that's because you're fired. Didn't I tell you? Fuck. Yeah, I'm, I'm sick of your shit. After last time, I decided I don't want you on here anymore. Well, that's probably for the best. <laughs> Let me just do this last one just for the old time's sake. Okay. Okay. Yeah, just one more. Then I mean, I'm already here. Be... so I'm probably going to quit after this one anyway. So. Oh, I get it. So either way, there will just be one Yerky boy. Yeah. Uh, what you, what, uh, what did you Did you write down what month this one came out since you said we were going to start doing that? I did, and by write it down, I mean I yeah. have Seropedia open. It was released in June 1998. Oh, June 1998, so that's uh, a month after the last one. Right, right. How fascinating. <laughs> right, well, some <laughs> people don't know. They might be skipping around listening to their favorite episodes, and they are well, they want that context. They want to be grounded in context. Mm, yeah, that's the wrong way to listen, but. I don't think, we don't have, I don't think we have time to be messing around today. No, I, we don't. We got to be talking about this book. Yeah, we're we've been very bad recently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we used to be good, and and we've been bad. Right. Yeah. No. This is we didn't set up to do a two parter this time. So we're talking about the uh, departure. Right. Indeed Starring we are. Cassie. Yeah, maybe it's a little thematically appropriate that we're both quitting the podcast. Oh, maybe it is. Wow. Maybe it is. Yeah. Uh, now, this book, I alluded to this earlier um, in the podcast when we were talking about the upcoming this season, whatever you want to call it. Uh, this is my favorite non-Chronicles book. Um, I'm curious. I, I'm, I'm curious to see how you're going to respond to it because I could see you really liking it or I could see you really not liking it. And I am not sure which one it's going to be. Do you, uh, I think this. I think this is a controversial pick. Do you want me to reveal my what I how I feel about it now? Y you can if you if you would like. I feel like as we discuss it, it will probably like you know um, people will figure it out. So it's probably not. Yeah, I don't know that there's it. that much suspense in withholding that reveal. There, I have a lot of suspense right now. I know. I'm sort of trying to. I'm trying to You're maintain milking. it as long as possible because I know it's yeah. about to come. And I've been a little, you know, I've been thinking about it. I've been, I read this book. I've been thinking about it uh -huh. all week. And uh -huh. I've been thinking about uh -huh. this moment. Uh -huh. I didn't remember that you said this is, this is your favorite non-Chronicles book. This is my favorite non-Chronicles book. I will say, actually, as a kid, I did not like this book. Interesting. So my opinion has come like full circle on it. All right. Well, as we know, I famously did not enjoy, famously did not enjoy the skunk book. Right. What was, what was that called? I don't remember the names of the books. The <laughs> right. Secret. It was named The Secret, I believe. Of course, because it's, it's best kept a secret. <laughs> don't, you don't want to read that one. Uh, and, and here we are, another... Another Cassie book. I mean, there's been other... I enjoyed The Message, right? There's been other Cassie books mm. I have enjoyed. Well, probably that one. I don't think you liked the other one either. <laughs> I guess there are... I mean, there haven't been that many. What's the other one? 
the 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 toilet book with the horse. Oh, that's it called. Oh, right, right, right. The unknown. Yeah, no, that was not good. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't great. Let's put it. Let's just say that. Ah. Uh-huh. Um. Right. So you know. So it's you know not a great batting average for Cassie books. Hmm. And uh, you know, you and I tend to have differences in opinion. That's actually not true. We we tend yeah, to agree. Is, for the most part, we've agreed on on most books. It's just a couple. Well, in in terms of the departure, mm-hmm. yeah, you've really <laughs> stretched this out. I'm doing what I can. I'd like us to not start talking about the book in earnest until minute forty. Okay. <laughs> um. I will say, for me, mm-hmm. of what we've read so far, and for listeners maybe who are jumping in who don't know, I, I'm reading all of these for the first time, at least to my memory. Yes, I think that is important. So up until this point of the series, mm-hmm. I would say that of, of the mainline Animorphs books, and possibly including the Andalite Chronicles, Mm -hmm. this is my favorite book. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I I had a a feeling that might be the case, but I wasn't 100% sure. Uh, I was, or maybe not that it would be your favorite, but that at least that you would like it. Um, I was really hoping that this book was going to kind of redeem Cassie for you. Mm. <laughs> uh, you know, because that this book kind of explores a lot of Cassie's bullshit in a way that's, like, actually interesting and well thought out. Um, well, well, yeah. listeners have, you've kind of heard my, you know, last in the, in the Dinosaurs Megamorphs episodes, I was, yeah. you know, I was, I was starting to turn around on her. So the, this has been, mm-hmm. there's been a real arc for me. There ha- and and Cassie herself is is going through a real arc here as well. This is kind of the capstone to what started in book uh, sixteen, I think, um, where she she starts getting more and more cynical and not really knowing you know what's right and what's wrong or what she's doing anymore, not being able to come to terms with uh, you know her part in the violence and all that. Uh, I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, and I'm of... excited also to kind of talk about why I didn't like it as a kid, mm-hmm. um, which I'll just give a minor spoiler right now. Uh, it's because the ending doesn't make a lot of sense in a literal sense, and I thought that was bullshit as a kid, uh, and I didn't really think about it any more <laughs> than that. Oh, I mean, well... also, there's not as much craziness in terms of like, oh, look at the wild aliens and battle scenes. So True. it didn't hook me when I was eight or whatever. Ten. <laughs> I don't know when I read this one. But you loved the skunk book. <laughs> no, no. I mean, as a kid, the skunk book was also fairly like, eh. And, and, uh, and now I, I like it better than I did. I still don't love it the way I love this one, though. Well, we're going to get into it. I'm, uh, I, was, uh, I was blown away. I was blown away. Oh, good. I'm glad you were <laughs> blown away. We're going to blow the listeners away here. Uh, let's talk about this cover here so that we uh, don't spend too much time. You know, we, yeah. we, we got to actually talk about the book rather than talk about talking about the book. <laughs> right. I guess. Yeah. It's kind of more fun just to talk about talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> so Cassie's turning into a butterfly on this cover. Yeah. 
Um, she's here in her like gymnast, whatever morph suit. She's kind of got her arms out in a butterfly wing pose. I was going to say, is this maybe the first slash possibly only cover we've seen where they are actually wearing a morph suit instead of just regular clothes? It might be. It's certainly rare. Cassie's wearing like a wetsuit in the dolphin one. Mm, Yeah, maybe. But I don't know that that's her morphing outfit. Right, and it's just more thematically. Yeah, makes sense. But usually they're just like wearing a jean jacket and shorts or whatever. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, that had not even occurred to me. Well, that's what I'm here for to kind of provide that additional viewpoint. Thank you. Now maybe I won't fire you after all. <laughs> See, <laughs> I didn't really like this book. I just don't want to get fired. <laughs> I have two issues with this cover. (laughs) Mm. Please. First issue. Well, okay. I suppose. I guess I usually read these covers visually as the human turning into the animal. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, you know, I I don't, you know, Mm -hmm. I won't talk in specifics, even though everyone I'm sure has read this book who's listening to this. we, We like to play that game. But yeah. listen again, there's only one listener who I care about who might not have. So, right, right. So, technically speaking, she does not morph into a butterfly in this book, but maybe that's showing her morphing out of it, I guess. Okay, fine. I'll I'll mm-hmm, forgive mm-hmm. my own My other criticism though just has to do with the fact that the cover of this book is basically a huge spoiler. And I don't know if, like, as I was reading, and we we could we would talk about this when we get to the end, but maybe I kind of would have presumed this anyway. But it sure was hard not to presume it pretty early because of this cover. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I I don't know. But at the same time, it's like, well, you gotta have it's a cool cover. You gotta have one where you see the butterfly. That's cool. But uh, it's kind of a bummer for me. Yeah, no, that's reasonable. And um, the blurb inside kind of uh, spoils that part, too, if you're reading it. Yeah, I don't read Um, the the blurb, so. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, as a kid, you've, you know, you've read the back of the book. You've read the blurb on the inside cover. (laughs) And in the last book, they always have a preview chapter from the upcoming book. So you've probably read that, too. Um, So spoiler, you usually get at least a little bit. Okay, this blurb on the inside cover is insane now that I have read it. (laughs) That's, yes. I mean, that's literally straight up just like the twist. Yes, it is literally just the twist that happens. Um. (laughs) That's such (laughs) stupid bullshit. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it's good thematically for the book after you've read it, but yeah, maybe not the best decision before. Um, Now, in terms of these quotes, we've got, uh, there's always room for a little change. I don't don't know. Sure. Sure. Whatever. (laughs) On the inside, it says, float like a butterfly. Right. These are boring. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's always a bunch of dots. Well, Four float dots. like a butterfly. The implication is sting like a bee. Yeah, but, I don't know that that happens in this book. Yeah, no, that's like the opposite of what Cassie does. So right, 
She just floats like a butterfly. Maybe it's supposed to, you know, be your, Cassie's struggling. She's like, I want to float like a butterfly, but I don't want to do the other part. Mm. You see, they should put on the cover one of these. They should be like, uh, you know, I could use a little fuel myself and we could all use a little change. <laughs> Yeah, they should do that. Yeah, yeah. it'd be pretty good. So uh, visually, I think this is a pretty good cover, but, uh, you know, contextually, I'm not a fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that all makes sense. Yeah. Oh, well, that's OK. That's the that's the one blemish upon this book. Just yeah, rip that cover blemish. the fuck off and start reading it. <laughs> Uh, also, yeah, does, does your copy yeah. of this book have a have a contest to win your own beach towel? <laughs> a contest to win my own beach towel. I don't see anything. Uh, just that's there's a picture of that on Cyropedia. It's it's a towel that just has the Animorphs logo, basically really big. It looks really boring, but somebody's got yeah, that, that towel. A thousand yeah, winners. Were cooler. There's so many cool designs you could put on a beach towel. Yeah, no, that just sucks. A, it also says uh, Animorphs coming to Nickelodeon this fall. So, mm, yeah, I wouldn't have won it anyway because this was this was also the last book to come out before I started reading every book as they came out. Mm. I don't know if what I said made sense, right? No, now, no, it made sense to me. So that's all <laughs> okay, that I care good. about. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so after this point forward, I could have won contests, but I didn't before this point. That's yeah. All that's right. a shame. All right. Uh, All right. Are, are we ready to actually start this I'm book? So I know it's not ready. minute forty. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna put a bunch of dead air. And okay. Maybe minute it's minute 40. fourteen. Maybe you misspoke. I, I did. Yeah. That was my bad. You misheard me. Okay. I think. Yeah. So it's, it's that would make sense. Mm-hmm. All right. So this book uh, opens um, on a battle at a sharing meeting. The animorphs have gone to a meeting at the sharing. They've been doing recon, uh, and it's gone wrong. Some human controller fucked up, and they're going to take her to Visser 3 and execute her. So the Animorphs decide to jump in. Uh, you know, they're all fighting. There's Hork-Bajir. Uh, Cassie's a wolf. They're winning the fight, and uh, Jake calls them off. He says, all right, they've had enough. They're running. Let's, let's retreat. Um, but at the last second, uh, Cassie kills her Hork-Bajir that she's fighting. She rips out his throat. Um, and as they're leaving, Cassie says she quits the Animorph. She's never fighting again. She's never doing that again. She's done being an Animorph. Um, we'll get a little bit more into Cassie quitting here. This is the departure. But I want to make sure we don't have anything to say about this battle before we uh, get into the meat of this. I got to be honest. That's I, It just hit me what the departure was. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> It's like, <laughs> this is one of the only obvious ones. <laughs> Who's, I, I didn't think of it. I don't think of it. You know, departure. That's a, that's a real $10 word. You know, I just wasn't thinking mm. about oh, departure. Yeah, they got to teach those kids their vocabulary. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, let's see about this battle. I do have to say, uh, I don't, I still feel like they could get something better than wolves. I don't know. Wolf seems like the weakest of these battle morphs to me, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm underestimating a wolf. I don't know. I think it kind of maybe you are, but you're certainly not. It's got to be the weakest. 
Like, a singular wolf is not as strong as any of their other battle morphs. Yeah, like even Marco could be a gorilla. Why is he a wolf in this scene? It just seems like I, gorilla's always beaten a wolf. No? I'm pretty sure I know why he had to be a, a wolf in this scene, because of a later scene, it's dumb. There's a later bit that, like, one-off line that wouldn't make sense if he was a gorilla in this scene. Huh. Uh, well, we can talk about it when we get to it, but it's not... <laughs> I was I mean, thinking about that. I was like, why is he a wolf here? I guess you could argue that where they are in the woods, like a wolf is better suited for that territory. I, I don't, don't think you could. <laughs> well, maybe well, maybe wolves have better. Maybe it's dark. Maybe wolves see better at night. Yeah, I there don't, could, be, could be. There could be I reasons. Guess. I don't know. Wolves yeah. have better throat ripping power. <laughs> sure, that's true. Uh, as Cassie proves here. Um yeah, I mean, we have a an intro. Is that something that's happening? I my brain is all over the place. It are we opening more frequently on this sort of thing? Like we have an, a big action battle sequence, like right off the bat, because this is not your standard opening, right? Where they do some silly thing. Uh, mm. This is like in the middle of a mission. This is what you would. This is like your first act. Things go wrong. Type of battle. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, we certainly are getting more openings where they go. You aren't going to believe the shit that happens in this book. Strap in. <laughs> yeah. When she's like, oh, at some point, Jake's going to have to take over for me. And I'm like, what? That's what true. That yeah. Yeah. She does say that. Yeah. And um. she's also like, I used to think Yerks were not so good. Now I love them. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's maybe not that strong about it, but she kind of personally, says I love Yerks. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're uh, the Yerky boys. Yeah, of course. Um, this also, we get a little bit of, it's, it's, it could still be more, but there is finally a little bit of like actually caring about the hork that we kill. Sure. Yeah. Uh, like Cassie is, is legitimately upset to have killed this hork Uh, it's certainly not the first one they've killed, but. It is interesting. I thought that even though this series has never shied away from violence. Mm-hmm. And we've discussed many upsetting, <laughs> violent <laughs> moments. I felt like this opening, which I think is a great opening, does drive that violence home in a way that they don't always really do. That it's it's not mm -hmm. that there's not violence and it's not upsetting, but a lot of times it's I don't I don't know if shock value is too strong a word, but it's. Just like, yeah, this is fucked up. And then they kind of move on for the, at least until somebody's having a nightmare or something. Th this was uh, where you're, you really, early on, you get a sense that they are reckoning with this violence in this book. Yeah. And, and I, part of that is I, maybe it's a, a less is more situation, you know, when, when they're like missing their arms because their, their arm got blown off by a laser beam and, you know, their spine got severed and their guts are hanging out. Like it's, it's so much that you, it, it just barely registers. But when Cassie's just like growling at somebody and she can smell the, the panic hormones because she's a wolf and she just bites his throat and he dies, uh, you know, like that, that can be, maybe that can be more powerful in a way. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think you hit it on the head. I Thank think he you. bit it right in the throat. Mm, I don't know. Hmm. Cassie also mentions she has a, a teacher that was pregnant and, and there was a 
substitute teacher that took over that was a yerk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She they they identify some New Yorks, and uh, one of them, yeah, it was a sub who took over. I was just thinking that that the teacher that got pregnant almost certainly went to a yerk hospital and got pregnant too. And then I was, I mean, it got yerked. I mean, <laughs> then I was thinking, did they yerk the the baby or are they just like, you get to be an infant for, the, for a few years <laughs> or do they wait? Uh, it doesn't seem worth it, but maybe. yeah, maybe it's a punishment. If you're a shitty yerk, they put you in a baby. I don't know. I get the feeling we might get more into it in this book, but I get the feeling that's actually kind of like if you just took a random yerk from the pool, put him in a baby, maybe that's a good thing. That's true. They might love it. <laughs> yeah, they might. Well, it depends it. And, on what they're And then they aren't to. even useful, you know, like it's all military, right? So, yeah, I think I feel like we've talked about this before where I was like, <laughs> is it weird if there's like yerks playing house and one yerk has to be a child and they have to like pretend to be a kid for their other for their mom but it's actually just it's like their buddy steve from the yerk pool (laughs) i Uh, I wonder if there's some like yerks with like age play fetishes they put those guys in the kids oh yeah this is there's some there's very troubling territory being approached here now yeah maybe back off on that one (laughs) (laughs) yeah upsetting now let's uh let's move let's move to the radio dj with the wacky morning show that they also find out as a controller here oh yeah that's a, that's probably that's a, a more safe topic right Whoa, welcome to y-e-e-r-k in the morning <laughs> is that funny <laughs> that's pretty funny honk honk <laughs> that's all i don't know <laughs> most of my most of you know my knowledge of wacky radio DJs comes from parodies of wacky radio DJs, so I can't really. It's just like a secondhand parody yeah. of a parody of a parody. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I think are, are we good on this battle? Yeah, it's a good. It, it's it's good, and then yeah, the you know the the transition into Cassie's big deal here. Yeah, Cassie's big deal. Um, so, and and this is really like the first half of like the core of this book. Right off the bat, we're it's it's nice to get into this right off the bat and not fuck around for ten chapters. Um, <laughs> Cassie comes home right after the battle, and uh, you know she talks to her parents. We learn two things. One is that uh, Joe Exotic's leopard has escaped, and it's roaming around <laughs> in the woods. Mm-hmm. And uh, two is the more important one. Wildlife Rehabilitation Clinic is shutting down because they lost funding. So not only has Cassie quit the Animorphs, but she is losing her barn and her animals too. Um, you know, in the middle of the night, she has a dream about being the Tyrannosaurus, as uh, longtime listeners will remember from last episode. And, uh, you know, murdering the Triceratops. She wakes up. She's like having her trauma response. And she thinks she sees eyes uh watching her she thinks maybe she's been being watched all night um but uh then the next day all the animorphs show up to the barn they all try to talk her out of quitting but cassie is stuck on it she is not coming back and uh and jake makes her promise well if you're not going to be an animorph then you can't morph anymore you can't use the morphing power yeah you know what i was thinking animorph no more Anna, is that like a reference? Are you doing 
something. Yeah, remember Spider-Man no more? I don't. Oh, well, you know that famous shot when he throws his mask or his costume in the trash can? Yeah. Yeah, well, in the comics, that was the that issue i don't know if it was the title of the issue or probably but it's, mm. it's like was the or maybe the whole arc was spider-man no more i see yeah i'm not a huge yeah. fucking loser nerd so <laughs> oh i don't know about things like that i'm sorry yeah sometimes i forget <laughs> that i'm the biggest loser yeah it's not me no um I yeah i mean a lot that, a lot of little details happen here that are like important for the plot moving forward. But the real meat of what's happening here is this barn scene, right? That's really, unless there's some, unless you want to talk about something else first here. Well, we don't have to go in order. We could talk about the yeah, barn sure. scene specifically. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, this bit in the barn chapter four here, this is one of my favorite bits. I like, there is so much good, dialogue in this section there's so much good exploration of of what is going on with cassie why she's quitting why she feels miserable i really really enjoy this and it 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 starts getting into like heavy ptsd and and trauma territory i think it sure does real real early in the book it's just straight up get ready for the violent trauma (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, my favorite part of the barn scene is Cassie's descriptions of everybody, <laughs> which really, I feel like get to the heart of like, she's in a kind of a bad place right now. And she's, mm-hmm. she's kind of calling everybody out for their bullshit. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, uh, like she's really, her and Rachel are best friends, but uh, she's like kind of coming for Rachel in this book. Yeah, a little bit. She's like my basically says my greatest fear is I don't want to turn into Rachel. <laughs> yeah, like, it's damn. it's it's a it's an extremely I I really like this scene because um Rachel like says so Rachel says the quote is uh Cassie says or tries to say Rachel we can still be friends and Rachel cuts her off and says no we can't See, you've just said the whole world can drop dead so long as you, Cassie, don't have to end up turning into me. And Cassie admits in the text, like, it's true. (laughs) That's 100% right. Yeah. And it kind of like, yeah, I don't blame her. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Not the most stable, healthy person. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, we see a, a slightly more vulnerable Rachel this book than we normally like in in Rachel books we get to see some of her like inner feelings but usually you don't see any of that in other books and this one Cassie says Rachel looks hurt like on her face she looks hurt at this scene and there are going to be two other moments in this book where Rachel cries very rare for Rachel yeah yeah unless she unless they're tears of rage <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and even I, there's some good uh, callbacks. Of, I mean, we mentioned the the dinosaur dream. You know, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, just just like the first Megamorphs, the next book had a Valique reference, if you recall. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they like to reward you for reading these in order. Uh, but also, to when Marco says he's like, in, you know, in the beginning, I was the one who wanted to quit. Mm-hmm. 
and 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 was like now I'm into it and now <laughs> now I'm the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. I, I just like I just like the Marco Cassie dynamic. Um Yeah, it's interesting because Marco goes really hard on Cassie in this section. And uh, one of the things I appreciate is that Cassie just 100% backs him up the whole time. Like Marco's like, she's whatever, she blah, blah, blah. And Rachel's coming in to defend her. And Cassie's like, no, no, he's right. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like 100%. He's right. I'm scared. I'm not willing to make the sacrifices you guys make. I don't know what I'm doing, you know. Pretty reasonable considering she is 14. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty reasonable. Uh, maybe as a kid, that might it probably hits different because you're, you know, these are like your peers or even mm-hmm. older than you, maybe. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like a kid is probably more willing to not cut her slack. Or as an adult, you're like, these are children. <laughs> these are children. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I, even the books, I feel like, don't always drive that home as much as they could. They, they, you, sometimes mm-hmm. you forget that they're children. <laughs> um, yeah, the, you know, I, I, this resonates with me cause I think I, I kind of have a, a Marco and a Cassie warring within myself. Mm, the two wolves. That's why Marco <laughs> morphed wolf. That is why. <laughs> wow. We got to the heart of that one. I think that's why uh, why you like me is because I'm a Marco and a Cassie. Mm. Your yeah, favorites. except I don't really like you very much. But well, I think you you're you're being a bit of a Rachel, but mm. <laughs> not being honest with my feelings. <laughs> yeah, deep down. No, we already. <laughs> I think we already determined you're you're Tobias. All mm. right, we don't need to get into this. Um, <laughs> now, now we we also we got the bombshell earlier that the their their wildlife clinic is not being funded anymore. Yes. This this conversation at the table, I thought Cassie's parents were about to tell her they're getting a divorce. <laughs> uh which also made me reflect on the fact that I think Cassie is the only animorph who still has a a fully functional yerk-free nuclear family. <laughs> She's got no uh Everyone else yeah. is like either divorced or estranged or infested. <laughs> yeah, or dead. I think that's true. Yeah. So, Jake's got the all-American uh, family, but he's also got the Yerk. Right, right. So it's really like Cassie's got to hold it together for everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's on her, right? If her parents divorced, <laughs> that would be her fault. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> That's yes. what you're saying? Yes, I, as it was ours. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that it was certainly my fault. My <laughs> well, divorced. yeah. I mean, yes. In your case, it's not even an argument. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was an incident. You can read it, Google it. You'll find more. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So I guess I, I, I'm happy that, like, at least somebody here has is have has somewhat of a good home life. <laughs> really, she she is really the only one. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I'm rooting for Cassie's parents. Cassie's parents are great. I love both of them. Yeah, they're they're good together. But yeah, the, the I mean, are we, I don't know. that. I think the Animorphs thing, it's good that the funding gets pulled in the sense that we really see Cassie 
hitting her lowest point and everything mm-hmm. just in her life is crumbling. It does feel a little bit less than compared to the Animorphs thing. I, I, I don't know that I'm quite as invested in the the status of their wildlife barn. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I th- that really does seem more just to stack it on to Cassie, right? Like, well, now that she's not an Animorph, what does she have left in her life, right? She doesn't really have her friends because they're all Animorphs. She's got her animals, right? Well, no, she doesn't have that either. Like, who is she going to be now? What is she going to do? Um, I, I think it, like it's it's basically just there to make it her feel more aimless at this point. Yeah, which is um, it, which it does. It's effective. So, it does, you know. yeah. It, it feels like yeah, maybe this in another book that this could have been more of the focal point, but it, it does its job here, so it's fine. Yeah, 100%. Um. So Cassie's Cassie's trauma response and and her and her like stark descriptions of PTSD here. Um, in Cassie's words, uh, Cassie says, "I feel bad because I felt nothing. I felt nothing at that moment. I felt like I was just doing my job, you know. And now they're shutting down the clinic, and my dad tells me, and I feel nothing." It's been going on for a long time. Each day, each battle, each mission, I just feel less and less. I can't not feel anything when there's violence. I can't not care about living things. I can't be like that. Um, these couple of chapters hammer that home because, you know, it, it's not even just the violence. We see when the clinic is taken away from Cassie uh, Cassie responds completely blankly. Like, sh- like she's saying, like, my parents kept expecting me to have some kind of response or something. And it's just like, I have, I got nothing for this. That's going away too, you know, oh, well, I guess that's the way it is. Um, Cassie's in a very dark place here. Yeah, I could, I could really relate. <laughs> I was, I was, I was into it. I was feeling it. It was, it's rough. It's rough, mm-hmm. but I but I was feeling it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a it's it's a it's it's a rough start to a book, but I feel like they are, as you kind of said in the beginning, this feels like a much more relatable and more understandable position for Cassie. Mm-hmm. That the 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 pacifist angle is feels much more right to me than. You know, the thing that's still just, I think it's so dumb of, yeah. well, I shouldn't, I don't want to morph into a dolphin because a dolphin has a brain. <laughs> like that's, that almost, that feels to me now in retrospect, like, oh, well, she should have a moral dilemma, but I haven't figured out what it is yet. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. this is just, mm-hmm. this is so much more, it's like, yes, I, I totally get this, all, all these feelings and not, I, I wouldn't want to rip things throats out either (laughs) i I would probably have the same response yeah i feel that and when you brought up the fact that it's like she she basically just has this moral dilemma so that they morph animals and not humans because it's called animorphs uh it's like (laughs) oh yeah that's actually probably a large part of it needs some kind of reason they can't morph people right so i i was much much more happy with this direction for her, I well, we, we'll talk about it more when we get to the end. It's because I don't know going forward. I I don't know what these 
Because this, I mean, she's kind of raised these issues before, but mm-hmm. not really until the last couple of books. And Megamorphs actually is pretty. Uh, you could probably skip it, but it definitely feels more important to her specifically than certainly the first Megamorphs was for any character development wise. So yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It does fit into Cassie's arc and it's fairly important and they reference it multiple times in this book. So yeah, they want you to have that bit of the arc. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I should, I should note here that um, <laughs> when she's sitting there at the table with her parents, uh, her mom remarks that she has something stuck in her teeth. Oh yeah. And it, it's a bit of the hork flesh. It is. You know, that is really unpleasant. It That's... is extremely unpleasant. It's a metaphor, you see. It's symbolic of how she carries the violence with her. Oh, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, see? I can read literature wow. and stuff. You should be like an English teacher. I should. I think there's ever been a college course on Animorphs. Mm, I'll, I'll do it. I'll make the course. I mean, there's always... I feel like I always read about... Someone will do some fucking college course on, you know... Buffy the Vampire Slayers, like stupid shit like that. So there should be an Animorphs yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. I'll go to my uh, my local community college. I'll be like, I got a, a syllabus here put together for uh, for <laughs> Animorphs one hundred and one. Every week you got to listen to our podcast. <laughs> That's all there is. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys listen, and then you quiz them on like. It's it's not about animorphs. The the tests are like what what was the name of uh, Will's first cat when he was a kid? <laughs> uh, do they or do they not agree that cheese tastes yellow? <laughs> anyway, how about, do you think Kay Applegate's ever given a you know like a college what do they call those a graduation speech? Mm, maybe. Is there a better word? Is there another word for that? What am I thinking of? When the they give this, a famous person comes in to give the speech at the college. Is that just called it? There's like a name for it, isn't there? Something specific? Is there? Maybe. I don't know. I don't what, know what you're doesn't what matter. you're on right here. Doesn't we'll matter. we'll look it up. We'll find out about uh, Kay Applegate and what she said at colleges. <laughs> okay. I mean, it doesn't feel, it feels like she would be giving these speeches at elementary schools. It feels like she would be coming into elementary schools and being like, all right, kids, let's talk about 9-11 and the ethics of the invasion of Iraq. (laughs) (laughs) That's my, you're graduating elementary school now, and it's important you know these things. (laughs) Yeah. Look, I Googled it. Okay. I didn't find, uh, I don't think she's spoken at a college graduation, but there is a Reddit AMA from 12 years ago. And she did, there's a video of when she accepted the Newberry Award in 2013. Mm, what about the Oldberry Award? Whoever got that one? Uh, it turns out that was I.B. Door. <laughs> Good work. (laughs) I guess. So here's the problem is I started out saying I'm going to go with the letter before. So I went with I. No, wait, that would be J. Fuck. (laughs) Good work. I fucked up twice. 
L.B. Parador. That's her arch nemesis. <laughs> okay. Let's get to the next part. I got you over there on Google to find this out for us. Yeah, All right. Yeah. So, so Cassidy, you know, she's riding out to do her chores uh, on the horse pastures. Um, so, you know, she's out on her horse. She's over by the edge of the woods on the edge of the farm. And this uh, little red-haired girl, like in Charlie Brown, comes uh, <laughs> running out uh, of the woods with a bear chasing after her. Um, Cassie grabs this girl. We're going to find out her name is Karen. Um, but her horse is in a panic because the bear's chasing him. So uh, they they run off into the woods, uh, and Cassie gets knocked out by a low-hanging branch and falls into the river. Uh, she's like swept away. She almost dies. But uh, Karen pulls her out. Um, Cassie has no idea where they are, and Karen's ankle is hurt, and she can't walk because uh, she's been injured. The horse has run off, uh, and night is falling fast, so they're out lost in the woods. Um, let's take care of this action sequence, and then we can get to the important thing, because right here there's going to be a reveal almost immediately. But I want to know if there's anything you have to say about this bear attack in Riverfall. Yes, let's take Karen. Ah, uh, yeah. Of this, right? Uh, really, I, I don't. the The only outstanding thing to me was that we get another instance of Cassie calling horses stupid. <laughs> 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 I think in the exact same way as in earlier books, she's she says horses have never been the geniuses of the animal world. Like what, what is Cassie's grudge against horses? She, she loves them, but she also just thinks they're dumb as rocks. Why? <laughs> so weird. She's got to work with them all the time. And she's like the stupid fucking horse, but she's riding her favorite mare. Mm, yeah. You know who my favorite mare is? The mayor of Townsville. <laughs> That's a good guess, but no. <laughs> oh, who is it? Mine is mayor of East Town. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I liked mine better. Yeah. Well, what are you gonna do? <laughs> what? What are you gonna do? Um. So Palouche. did you ever read? Did you ever read Hatchet by Gary Paulson? I. Funny you bring that up. I did read Hatch. I feel like that was that generally assigned in schools when we were kids. I feel like everybody read it, but yeah, it must have been because I I did. Cassie asks that in this section in case you uh, don't remember that tiny yeah. detail. Yeah, she 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 brings up Hatchet by Gary Paulson, which I I remember loving the Gary Paulson books. There was a sequel that I'm pretty sure I read. That I was mm. I forget that one was called like tomahawk or something i don't know hmm. <laughs> i definitely didn't read that there was definitely a big um maybe we talked about this when we were talking about hawks before but there was that my side of the mountain book you remember yeah i was book? gonna bring that up because i read hatchet for school but i like owned my side of the mountain i really loved that when i read it a whole bunch so i read that a lot more than hatchet mm. yeah yeah but did it, have a bird yeah it does seem like there was a kind of a little mini trend of young adult lost in the wilderness novels. Mm -hmm. So like there's one, have you ever heard of um, Lord of the flies? I have not heard of that one. It's sort of like uh, the show yellow jackets. Interesting. Yeah. If you're a yellow jackets fan, I'd say check out Lord of the flies. Isn't that a sports team? Yellow jackets. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the show, it is. They're oh, soccer, is it? It's a high school soccer team. <laughs> okay. Uh, while we're on the subject of important things, uh, Cassie says here that she's gotten some slack about exercising the horses. I'm pretty sure she means she's gotten flack about exercising them. Oh. I just want to point that out. Because I was reading that. She was like, I took the horse because I got some slack about it. And I was like, wait, so so her parents are allowing her to exercise the horses? And I literally, I legitimately did not understand what she was saying at first. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, isn't yeah. she always allowed to ride the horse around? <laughs> I think I just went right on past that. <laughs> yeah, there's also, I was, I was though a little confused kind of in a similar way. You know, so they get, they go through this, they have a fun little Hobbit river ride um, mm-hmm. and get washed up on, on shore. Uh, and, and, and there's a part where Cassie says, you saved my life. Didn't you? I said to her in a horse raspy voice, but I didn't think she was morphed into a horse at that time. So I was, mm. didn't really understand that. Yeah. Now you say it's a fun Hobbit river, right? To me, it was more like, uh, the, when the cat almost drowns in the incredible journey. I only remember Milo and Otis. Okay. There was a lot of times where they almost drowned in that movie. Probably did. And they just threw in some new ones. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you make a good movie, though. That's why movies aren't as good now. It's because they, they aren't willing to let the animals drown. Kill the animals. <laughs> yeah, they'd like CG it. Come on. I need to see that animal really die to believe it. <laughs> um, well, I think the cat's You're name right. was Sassy <laughs> in Homeward Bound. I, I don't. I barely wa- I saw Homeward Bound once or twice, but it was I owned The Incredible Journey on VHS, so I watched that one. A bunch. Oh, that The Incredible Journey kid. is the sequel. No, no, The Incredible Journey is the original Homeward Bound, where they didn't talk; they had a narrator over it. What? Yeah, it was like there's like a book, and then they made a movie, and it's just like a bunch of footage of the animals doing stuff, and they narrate it, and then they adapted that into Homeward Bound. Now I'm. Now I'm like, what have I watched? Because I, because I, I'm pretty sure there are two Homeward Bound movies. Yeah, I think that is right. And maybe the second one is called The Journey Home or something. That could be. But now I'm like, because I know I've seen those where they talk, but now I'm wondering, did I also see one where they didn't? Was that like the same movie studio or is it a completely different thing from years earlier or something? I don't. I feel like it was from a long, long time before, but to be perfectly honest, I only have my memories from being a child. <laughs> because I see the first movie was subtitled Homeward Bound, colon, The Incredible Journey. Unless they... I'm not going to bother to look this up. Unless I'm this is figure... a... Maybe this is like a New Hope situation where the, or like Rambo where they went back mm. or Indiana Jones where they went back after the fact and addended... Homeward Bound onto it. Oh yes, I'll let no, you parse oh, this out, Mister Google, is. while we're no, no, no. I got it. It's yeah. a yes. Okay. The incre- Homeward Bound: The Incredible Journey is a remake of the 1963 yeah. film The Incredible. So that, that's why, because they both are kind of called The Incredible Journey. Okay, so okay. Yeah, this is one of those like old school Disney movies. Yeah, no, I, I definitely never watched that version of it. Yeah, that was the version that I owned. I didn't have the other ones. <laughs> I didn't watch it very much. Wow, you were such a loser. <laughs> Blame my parents. I am actively. I'm <laughs> writing to them. It's it's their fault I'm like this. <laughs> yeah, 100%. All right. Anyway, um <laughs> so uh yeah, so 
we don't uh, fuck around with this whole Karen thing for too long, which is good. Um, Cassie's immediately, she's like, wait, what was this Karen doing in the woods? And she's like, oh, she's the one who's been watching me all night, like since the other day. Uh, Karen reveals that she is a yerk. Um, and Whoa. she's been watching Cassie because she thinks that Cassie is an Andalite or possibly a human who can morph. And she's trying to figure out, she's like trying to goad her. Like, oh, you should, you know, come come attack me because, like, when she morphs, Karen will know for sure. Uh, but Cassie doesn't do that. She plays it off like she doesn't know what Karen's talking about. I'm just a regular girl. Um, she realizes there's no way that Karen is surviving out here on her own, right? Because, you know, she's in the little girl body. She's injured. There's, like, wolves and stuff. There's a storm coming and there might be flash floods. Um... She kind of knows that Karen has to die or something or else the Animorphs are all fucked. But she decides to stay with her anyway and try to survive the night together instead. She doesn't really know why. So she, uh, she, Cassie goes to find a cave for them to hunker down in. Um, but not before she sees a dead deer up in a tree. Uh, which means Joe Exotic's leopard is in the area. Uh, if you recall, I mentioned that earlier. I do. Okay. That's so, really uh, Chekhov's leopard. <laughs> Chekhov's leopard, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it just me, or uh, is this girl kind of a Karen? <laughs> Hot. You know? A uh, question about Karen. How old do you think Karen is? That's a great question that I might have asked you. Um, my... Uh, I feel like, she, I don't know, in my head, I was thinking she's like nine or ten. Maybe. Uh -huh. Interesting, because in my head, I always pictured her very young, more like seven or something. But uh. I was talking with someone about this book uh, this last week, and he was like, I always thought she was more like ten. Is it, you know, more like in the ten-ish range rather than like six, seven, maybe eight. Um, I don't know. I was curious what your thoughts were on that. Yeah, well, it's kind of hard to gauge because you don't, we don't get to hear mm -hmm. much from the real Karen. <laughs> yeah. We know that Cassie thinks of her as a little kid and Cassie is a kid, but she's also 14, 10's right. kind of young still from that age. She'd have to be, she couldn't be older than 10, I don't think. No. I could see eight or nine, but I, I don't think she's, I, don't, I mean, she could be younger than eight. It just didn't get that impression, but I don't know why. It's not like anything in the book really <laughs> points you in any direction. Yeah, it's not. Well, there's a couple points where it just feels like Karen might be like some of the stuff that Aftran thinks because Karen thinks it feels like extremely childish, like a 10 year old would have grown out of. But they don't. It's not. And it's so hard because like they, you know, she talks like an adult because she's got a yerk in her. So. Right. You you said Aftran, and listeners don't know what, what that is. Oh, maybe. I'm sorry. I shouldn't be uh, saying that because it hasn't been. The Yerk's name is Aftran. We'll yeah. find out. I Aftran. might use Karen and Aftran interchangeably by mistake. Uh, it's a <laughs> perfectly understandable mistake. Now, uh, right away, Cassie's all, oh, man, we're lost in the woods. I don't know how we're going to survive. Oh, so you're not an expert on wilderness survival tactics anymore? Because one book ago, you were carving up dinosaurs and making tents and shit. That's true. What, what's it, that? Now, you could say, well, she can't morph here because she's 
not allowed to, I guess, but also she doesn't want to reveal herself to Karen, and Karen can't morph. But they didn't, like, last time she wasn't like, let's morph T-Rexes so that we can stay safe. She was like, let's carve up this T-Rex and then spend the night as humans. So I don't know that that holds water. <laughs> yeah, so k- kind of weird to, I, I mean, I, she had five people helping her in that, or, well, she had three people helping her in that book. Yeah. It's funny. There were points here where I was like, I have better fucking survival skills than you. Cause there's a point here where she's like, uh, I don't even know which way civilization is. And I'm just sitting here thinking it's probably downstream. You know, the river's going to flow out of the mountains. Well, she's like, I know the stream, but I don't know which way to go to follow the stream. Down, downstream. <laughs> you, yeah, the way the water's going. I, oh, what's that? The way of water? The way of water. That's right. That's the, yeah. Has no beginning and no end. Oh, well, well, that's true. Because at the beginning there's rain and at the end there's ocean. Uh, And I was kind of, I feel like defending Cassie last book saying, oh, it kind of makes sense. She's, she would know about wilderness. She's kind of an outdoors girl, but like she should know some basic stuff just based on what I know about Cassie. So, yeah, I mean, she I does know. She does manage to, like, find them shelter in this cave. And yeah. She is going to make them a fire later, so yeah. it's not like she doesn't. Yeah, it's just played up a little strangely. Um, but, the, you know, the whole, I mean, the whole thing about Karen, the, the, it is nice to have consequences for once for the Animorphs being extremely careless all of the time. <laughs> yes. It seems like this sort of thing should really be happening every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cassie they're, just goes home as a wolf, and yeah, Karen follows her. They're little girl, literally in a little this. girl body. <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, they're always morphing in front of people in public places, and like mm-hmm. just just getting into trouble, and it usually never really matters. So it's like, okay, there's there's some some weight here. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What were you saying? You were no, saying I, I think I was going to say something, but to, I think maybe it's not. It's more for the next part. Okay, that's that is reasonable. Um, they do. Karen does say somewhere around here. I feel like it's in this part. She says that there are yurks who have suspected <laughs> for some liter- time that there literally are was the thing I was going to say. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, it. I, we have talked before. About how there there have been scenes where Yorks have mentioned maybe humans can morph and, and it's always like you Visser three is incompetent and an idiot and he won't hear it. Um It is pretty funny. Yeah, we just, we have confirmation now that Visser three is just a dumbass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That other everyone else has fucking figured this out by now. <laughs> I, I I like that. Mm. <laughs> Stupid Visser three. He's not in this book. He is not in this book. They threatened the controller in the beginning with him, but he's not there. Oh. Um, yeah, we we find out it was Karen's brother Cassie killed. Also, that's oh, yeah. probably why Karen followed her back. Like this Horkbajir who Cassie killed was Yerk's was Aftran the Yerk's brother. Yeah, like like yeah. A, like kind of like a Kalashi. <laughs> I think a Kalashi is a little more sexual than that, but. Well, I don't know. Don't, don't, we don't need to. Um, <laughs> well, so I, there, there's really like two, um, 
too big. Like, this is the part of the book, right, where they're just going to be talking, right? Like, mm-hmm. like we're going to move from bit to bit, but it's a lot of Karen and Cassie talk. And that's kind of what what really makes the book for me that might have been a little more boring as a kid, but now I really enjoy it because I really like seeing Cassie and Karen discuss all of their issues. Because um, there's two big points here that, that keep coming up in Cassie's thoughts or in their in their conversation, which is like, what are the ethics of saving Karen here? Um, and what are Karen's thoughts on Andalites? Um, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, we start getting into, and we're going to keep considering these and more, uh, as we go forward. Um, Cassie does not really know why she is saving Karen, right? Like, something's got if if, because like what's the end game here right if she saves karen's life if she saves this yerk's life they're all fucked right the the yerk will get out and it'll be like i I, you know at the very least it'll be like i think this cassie girl is an andalite so what are you doing why are you saving her what what is the plan here there's a bit here where Cassie makes Karen a crutch out of a big stick. And as she's bringing the stick over, she contemplates beating this little girl to death with the stick instead of giving her the crutch. (laughs) Um, See, there's another metaphor for you, right? This is like, uh, you know, Cassie has the power to save her or kill her. You see, right. This is a metaphor for the Harkbajir. What's what's that a metaphor for? (laughs) for cassie what cassie's the power she wields in this for beating it's a metaphor for beating a girl to death with a stick (laughs) okay right right right. yeah that i see yeah 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 there there was a point reading this book where i was like is are we how are we gonna divide this up for a podcast discussion because is is like scenes five through 11, just going to be, they talk to each other, <laughs> but there yeah, is, right. stuff does happen. Like there are scenes that are pretty clearly distinguished, but yeah. And you can also kind of distinguish their conversations. Like this is the part of the conversation where we know that Karen is a yerk, but Cassie is hiding the fact that she's an animorph. Right. Um, so that's another thing that I was kind of looking at. Um, we get to see the start of Karen's thoughts on Andalites here as well. Um, like, uh, there's like a bit where um, Cassie lies about, she's making a splint for Karen and she's like, I'm going to tighten it on five. And then she tightens it earlier and is like, no, no, it's for your own good. You would have, uh, y- you know, you would have tensed up on five. And Karen goes, oh yeah, of course. Well, now I know you're an Andalite because, you know, the fucking Andalites are always running around making war and being like, it's for your own good that we, you know, they're, they're those <laughs> kind of fuckers. Um, yeah. You know, we, you know, she says like, we have a right to expand. We have a right to advance, but you Andalites don't see it that way. Do you? No, no. The whole galaxy has to belong to the mighty Andalites. Um, yeah. There, there is this kind of rivalry here, this sense of like, oh yeah, so the Andalites get to be the fucking space cops, but the moment we try to go around and do anything, like, fuck off, we can't have weapons and warships. And It's pretty good. It's got a point. It is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'm a yerky boy, but, you know, so maybe I'm biased, but... Could be, could be. There's definitely... 
you could hint at some like real world politics stuff here as well. I think P- pretty easily. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the Andalites are like, uh, the president, right? Okay. Now the Andalites are, yeah. are the elites. Oh, Hmm. Now you're getting into dangerous territory. <laughs> <laughs> the Andalites are, uh, they're like the Clintons. Uh oh. Uh oh. The uh, analytes are like adrenochrome. <laughs> That's right. That's right. The dome ships are pizza shops. <laughs> yeah, it's all here in the Animorphs books if you look for it. Kay Apple right. was onto something. <laughs> she wrote it in code. This I is w- our first Q drop. <laughs> QA Applegate? I was thinking also at this point, is this your stupid because you it makes sense it's explained later on but at this point in the book i was thinking why would it reveal itself so early so willingly Mm -hmm. it doesn't it's this seems like a bad plan but you find out later that that she had kind of has the upper hand the yerk has a plan here she's she's looking to see what's going on um so all right as Cass- Cassie's checking out this cave, right? Because they're going to hunker down for the night. Uh, and she hears this scream from outside because uh, the leopard has shown up and it's attacked Karen. Um, now, it turns out Karen has had a Dracon, a handheld Dracon beam weapon, or whatever they call it, this mm-hmm. whole time. Um, so she tries to shoot the leopard with it, but she misses. Uh, you know, she's got little girl hands. They're designed for hork <laughs> hands, so she can't really handle it. Uh, she misses, she drops it, she hurts herself, uh, and the leopard's going to kill her. So Cassie morphs Wolf to save her. And the leopard backs down for now, because it, it's like, I don't know what the fuck's going on here. It, I'll I'll be back. Um, Reminds me of so, Arnold. Yeah, Arnold the Jaguar, or the leopard. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Listen, the, the so yeah, anyway, like... Um, the jig is up, right? Cassie, Karen knows Cassie can morph now, and she knows she's a human because she went straight into um, wolf morph. So they they they're they're hunkered down for the night. Cassie has built a fire. Karen is now definitely unarmed, you know, because it's like kind of before. It's like what is she up to, revealing herself? Oh, she had a secret Drake on beam, but now she dropped it. It's outside. It's raining. Cassie could easily kill her. It would be safe. But she's still not doing it, and she still doesn't know why. Um, so I, I do like the part in here where Karen says, uh, I see you've given up pretending. That's good. It gets boring after a while when someone sticks to an obvious lie. <laughs> that that feels like a note from the editor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of feel like that. Although I... I... Personally, wouldn't give the editors that much credit to make no. a note that was that helpful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, this is so we I feel like we touched on this a little back in the something book. When Jake gets infested by Yurk. Yeah. The capture book six. The capture, of course, book six, which maybe could have been a tip off that I would, I would like this book because I feel like this kind of is an exploration of that writ large. It feels like it's that 
it's my what well, I think I said it's, it's like one of my favorite kind of tropes, if you want to call it that. When the the hero and the villain are forced into a situation where they can't just fight each other and they have to talk mm-hmm. about stuff, <laughs> mm-hmm. I eat that shit up. But I could have. I could read a whole, and it kind of is the whole book. That's kind of I, is, yeah. Kind of is, but I mean, I, I, I was like, I was very happy with just dialogue. This is kind of the, and also just you know they're getting into the weeds, like the, the philosophies of their mm-hmm. peoples, and and like these pretty heady concepts. This is like the this is the my dinner with Andre of Animorphs books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is my dinner with Aftran. <laughs> My dinner with Aftran. <laughs> yeah, it's good. And it's it's interesting because, you know, you're saying they can't kill each other. But again, the running theme mm. here is Cassie absolutely can. True. She absolutely can. Um, but she doesn't know why. Uh, I There's a great exchange where Cassie says, I could morph the wolf and make short work out of you. And Aftran says, but you won't. And Cassie asks, why won't I? And Aftran says... I don't know why. And Cassie responds, me neither. I like that. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. It's really good. And I, I really like, I mean, I also love villain to hero tropes mm-hmm. too. I, that's, that's the best thing. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm all over this. I, I love these conversations. We, we, we get, uh, I mean, is this when they kind of get into the, they start talking about like they mention Eric and they start talking about the, the chi. Yeah. yeah uh, Cassie does dream of Eric here, uh, murdering people and like wakes up screaming or whatever. Right. So that, so that, that's a good, that's a good example too, to me of when that happened in that book, I kind mm-hmm. of took some issue with just the way it went down that it didn't, I don't know. It didn't feel totally believable to me that it would happen the way it did, but they, I, I, but in retrospect being referenced here for its thematic resonance, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I, 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 I don't know. That, that was kind of cool. That, that's one of the things you I feel you can do with an ongoing series like this is you can yeah. almost, not retcon is too strong a word, but you're you can sort of retroactively recontextualize. Make, yeah, yeah, yeah. Make things or maybe pieces fit together better. Mm-hmm. Sure, what you said is a better word. I guess. <laughs> so I so now, I like that. Yeah, uh, there is there is a lot of that thematically here uh, with with Cassie. Uh, you know, she says that that the battle with Eric, she says this wasn't a battle, it was a massacre. We get a similar thing where she's talking to Karen about Elfangor being murdered by Visser Three, and, and Karen says that wasn't a murder, right? This is a war. He is an enemy combatant. It's not murder. Um, Cassie pushes back, and, and, and Karen says, oh, yeah, so so was it murder when you killed my brother then? Um, it, it, it's good. Like that, that thematically is coming up here, and it's interesting. Um, there's a quote here I want to put a pin in mostly for myself, um, where Cassie says, uh, don't you compare what your people do with what we do. You can't compare the attacker and the victim. Um, so I just want to pin that quote because Cassie, like for the very, very end of the series, there's going to be a point where Cassie makes this same argument again. 
And I just want to remember this when we get there. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that concept is very, it's very simple, mm-hmm. but it's just, you, I don't know. It's, I don't, it's hard to overstate how meaningful it is still. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's an obvious, I mean, just the whole, um, in general, just the theme of nonviolence and pacifism is, uh, like it's it's I, it's probably never not going to be relevant to real life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's it, it's it, it hits. It's it's good and it's and it's great because it's hard for me at least. It's hard not to see both sides of it. Yeah, and and this book does a pretty good job of that because like so far in the book you do very much see. Like, it, that's just true, right? The Yurks are the bad guys. They invaded Earth, right? Yeah. So they're enslaving people, right? How could they possibly... Like, how are their shades of gray here? You yeah. know, how is their nuance? Uh, and uh, in uh, some uh, sense, there's not. But, like, this book does a good job of having you come around on, like, the average Yurk. Why is the average Yurk doing this? You know, maybe Visser 3 is just a fucking nutbag monster, but... Is every single yeah. Yerk evil, or do they have reasons for doing what they do? Right. Like, sort of like the Nazis. What, that's... Hmm. Is that not okay? Hmm. <laughs> what is that? What? <laughs> well, you can say it. I mean, is Visser Three not a Hitler, and are these Yerks not Nazis? That is... You, you certainly could read that. That is not an un untrue reading of the book uh, look i'm i am trolling <laughs> I do no want, i'm aware i'm I do, aware i want to get angry emails i want controversy to drum up listens and clicks okay. but you i do think you, you kind of could have a long discussion about it's it really isn't that much of a leap it, it really is no. like what's the this is the evil invading army and and the book is saying Hey, what if they're not that evil? <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, arguably, Yerks are. <laughs> Boy, this is this is, this is territory I shouldn't walk into. But arguably, Uh-oh. if Uh-oh. Yerks were real, I think mm-hmm. we would agree they would be. Well, I don't know. I feel like they are kind of worse than Nazis. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe people wouldn't agree. It's like they kind of have that in this book. They compare it to the slaughter of animals, but it's like, is it worse to genocide a people or is it worse to enslave a people? I've always felt that when you get into that kind of territory, it's not like it's, it's kind of uncouth to compare it. You know, like if you were to say what was worse, the Holocaust or the genocide of the Native Americans, it's kind of like you you can just say they're both terrible. You don't need to try to figure out which one was worse. You're saying it's never going to end in a good place. You're saying it doesn't matter if it was 600 or 6 million, whatever the number, it was a terrible thing. (laughs) Whatever the number may or may not have been. We are we are just on a road just, to cancellation every week here. I, the two of us, I think, just encourage each other to be bad. <laughs> yeah, my no, foot's on the um, pedal, but you're but you're kicking it into high gear. Your oh, a hundred percent. I I I'm I'm looking at it and be like, oh, don't go too fast now. Uh oh, you're going a little faster. 
But I'm, but you know, I think I've said my people can write in with their comments on the Nazis. But uh, I do actually want to bring it back to, I mean, a potentially less controversial for our times, but I arguably, mm-hmm. I think in a hundred years, maybe not. Mm-hmm. The the comparison to the slaughter of of animals and meat eaters, and, yeah. And she's like, "What's the you kill animals and eat them every day? You devour their flesh." <laughs> yeah. No, she. I mean, it's it's pretty graphic. She says, uh, "At least the host bodies we take remain alive. We don't kill them, cut them into pieces, and grill them over a charcoal fire in our backyards." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which, and uh, especially at this time in 1998, this most people, I mean, sure, I'm sure PETA was around, like veganism mm-hmm. and stuff was probably kind of just starting to take shape, but e- even more so than today, everybody would just laugh this notion off. Like nobody gave a shit about the idea of, forget about even over farming or anything, but just mm-hmm. like, <laughs> they're animals, who gives a shit? We eat them, eat at Burger King, fuck you. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. So like this is a pretty, you know, even reading it now, it's I feel more like she has a point. It's like what we do yeah. is kind of barbaric. Yeah, no, she does have a point because you know, like this is this is kind of the idea, right? Is that Yerks have a right to live, and why don't they have a right to live in a way that's like nice and good and whatever, like? You know, like the one of the running themes, we haven't gotten that much into it yet here from Karen's point of view, is that it sucks being a yerk. You know, you're just in this little sluggy body in the sludge and you don't you don't have this strong body that can move around. You don't get to see things or hear things. You know, it's a we have this gorgeous, wonderful, happy world. And like, can yerks be alive without it? Yeah, but it's so much better to have a host body to infest. And, you know, you, it, when, when I compare that to myself, because legitimately I am just like, listen, could I survive without eating meat? Yeah, but I like it. It tastes good. Right? Like, that, that's not yeah. really a power, conv- that's not a compelling argument compared to a yerk. And so I feel like there, there's this very strong sense. She keeps bringing up, like, moralizing superior species like Andalites and humans here. You know, Aftrin kind of has this sense of like, well, of course they say it's wrong, you know, because they hate us and they they are racist and they think we're slugs and they think we're gross and they think we're evil. But they do the same shit and it's okay when they do it. So it should be okay for me to do it. Go off, queen. Yes. Yeah, that's that's Aftrin. If Aftrin had a Twitter account. (laughs) <laughs> there'd be clap emojis between every one of those yeah. words that's right yeah 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 i mean a hundred percent all that stuff and i, I you know this is coming mm-hmm. from the guy who was like we aloran should just blow those fucking yurks up right you know <laughs> so mm-hmm. so i'm um I'm, I'm i'm feeling the other side here we learn a, a bit more about the yurk physiology and culture too mm-hmm. we, we find out maybe we i don't know if we had heard some of this before but we find out they reproduce by fusing together and splitting off and then the parents always die yes and i'm wondering well why do they when do they decide i'm ready to die now to have some kids 
because maybe they're it's like how uh the the praying mantises eat the mate or whatever they're into it maybe i guess but i guess but it's all like you know praying mantises aren't as intelligent as yurks <laughs> and yurks seem to be a lot of them seem to be power hungry assholes so i'm just i'm having trouble imagining the one who's like i will make the sacrifice to to have some kids now i, I don't know it's interesting. I don't know how that works. Yeah. Maybe it's not until not till they're old. Maybe you get really old and like you're about to die anyway, so you have a kid. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's not. There are humans who are into getting eaten too. So, right as we as we discussed in the last couple episodes. Yes, that's true. We also learn about, about the uh, the the Yurk language. They they when they're in their native Yurk form, they speak in ultrasonic squeaks. Hmm. That's kind of cute. Yeah, I, I do wonder how that, like, they have a, it sounds like they have a fully functional language. Like, it's it's not just yeah noises. They they speak in squeaks. Yeah, they got, like, a dolphin click talk. Can I get even give you another, uh, another, another real thing that we shouldn't discuss, but I'm going to throw it into the mix? Because I'm just, this, this book is just heavy. Yeah. And you Give also, me another real thing that we shouldn't discuss. You also have, I think it's, I think it's absolutely worth mentioning because it's something that maybe doesn't even come up explicitly in this book, but I feel like it is. Somebody out there could write a thesis on it. The fact that the fact that they're having this argument about slaughter versus slavery, which is a word they explicitly use, and Cassie yes. is an African American girl. Mm-hmm. It's just another layer that's not p- really part of the text, but it's it you there's it, this is, there's a lot going on here is the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. That is that is true. I hadn't really considered that aspect and that might actually be kind of a failing like maybe maybe if you're going to have your black character talk mm-hmm. about slavery, it should be part of the text. And and I can <laughs> see that them doing the that too because they've yeah they've had moments where they're, you know this is like Vietnam or whatever like she could have mm-hmm. maybe like slavery in United States history is the one area where the, the editors were like no no <laughs> we yeah. don't we don't want to go there yeah maybe they well I don't know maybe they need some bigots to like show up and call Cassie the N word or something <laughs> that's. In a, if this book were maybe in the eighties or maybe even early nineties, there might've been a very special Animorphs book where that happens. <laughs> probably wouldn't have yeah. been comfy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um, interesting going back off of that topic. Although I, I do think there is something there. If I weren't white, I would potentially discuss like, is the fact that, Kay Applegate is white. Did that mm. affect the way that she wrote this? If she were a black author, would she have like considered Kathy Cassie's race more when discussing issues of slavery? Because maybe you should have. I can't speak to that as a white guy. Yeah, which is um, why I will take over at this point. Okay, <laughs> no, but no. but uh, <laughs> but, but but going back to what you were saying about your uh, physiology and how the parents always die. Um, something I noticed when I was reading this is that right before Karen says your parents always die, uh, Karen says that her parents are probably missing her. Mm-hmm. And and she says it very like offhandedly, like Cassie's like, my parents are probably missing me right now. And Karen's like, yeah, mine too. 
she has to be referring to Karen's parents, right? Not not yeah. Aftran's Yerk parents. Right. I find that interesting that that she just kind of she goes there and she just uses that phrase. She doesn't say Karen's parents will be worried about her too. Yeah. Yeah, well there's there's some of that Yerk human fusion which is mm-hmm. delicious. You should try that new place on Main Street. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, they seem to, as we've noted, kind of pick up some little traits from each other. And it's probably, I mean, she's just, she's living in this body every day for who knows how long. I'm sure she just, it's just become easier to just say my parents than explain, yeah. like, you know, not mine, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, it, it's it, they are planting the seeds of something here with that though as well because um, which we'll get into pretty much now. Uh, but Karen also she's kind of raging about being assigned uh, a human body. She says that she never wanted this like you know this uh, weak, small, innocent thing uh, and uh, body. And Cassie. Yeah kind of remarks that innocent is a strange word for a yerk to use to describe uh, its host, right? Yeah. Yeah, and they even... Um, is the is this the part where she says, uh, like, they're t- they're too emotional, their heads oh, are yeah. too filled up with dot, dot, dot? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right around uh, this next part, she says she wouldn't want to take over Cassie because... Uh, Young human girls have, you know, heads full of, well, she doesn't want to say. <laughs> yeah. Kay Applegate can say Gushy stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, brains. Um, but yeah, so th- they spend the night, whatever. They have all these conversations, which are great. Uh, next morning, uh, they find Karen's Dracon beam has been washed away by the storm. Um, and Karen is super upset because... Uh, her boss, Subvisor19, is going to be very mad and, you know, punish her severely for losing it, especially because she's on, like, an unauthorized mission. Just once again, kind of showing how it really sucks to be a Yerk. Um, <laughs> sure does. But uh, they start walking in what they hope is probably maybe the right direction. And um, Cassie gets this hunch, based on those little snippets, that, uh, you know, she starts wondering, maybe I can, like turn Karen, right? Maybe I can convince her to be good or after in the York, maybe I can convince her to be good. So she, she, we continue having discussions with Karen and, uh, you know, Cassie's trying to make her feel bad about enslaving Karen. Um, we learn in this part that there's a York resistance movement and that after seems maybe even sympathetic to the York resistance movement, but like, you know, it's like stop invest infesting people. You have to give up your body and also fuck the Andalites. Um, yeah, and, and and that's this section. As we go on the next day, it's 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 Cassie trying to uh, trying to talk Aftran into feeling bad about it. Yeah. Um, Aftran has a great line in here, which will come up a little bit later, where she says. Uh, what would you do, Cassie, if you were one of us? Would you live your life as a blind, helpless slug? Yeah, it's uh, it's good. Yeah, it's a lot. A lot we we kind of started getting into it, but you get a lot more of the yeah the juicy stuff of does it? Do you feel bad when you hear Karen telling you she loves her mom and she can't tell her and. Mm-hmm. 
which also I feel like, I mean, the concept of a little kid, forget about an adult. A child can hardly even conceive of like what is happening to her <laughs> at this time. Mm-hmm. It is truly very dark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh yeah. On on that point, um, one thing that I really love about Aftran's characterization here, because it feels um, very real, is that it is extremely important to Aftran that um, that people hate her, right? That that Karen, who she's infesting, hates her. That the Andalites hate her. That Cassie hates her. Um, like that's really important to Aftran because if if they don't hate, like if they hate her then that kind of justifies her, right? It's like, if they hate me, then fuck them and I can do whatever I want. But if they don't hate me, then like, what am I doing, right? Yeah. Um, because there, there's like a bit here where Cassie sort of picks up on the fact that Karen doesn't actually hate Aftran for infesting her and that, that it really upsets Aftran. Aftran doesn't want to like deal with that, uh, with that fact. Yeah, she says... Hate, hate, hate. It kind of reminded me of Am. Remember Am? am. Yeah, I Am. I remember Am. <laughs> I have no mouth and I must scream. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's the evil robot. <laughs> right. I don't know. There's a part. I don't remember if it's in the story, but in the video game, he has a whole monologue about hate and how he hates humans. Hmm. Okay. So it's the word hate. That really made that connection for me. Yeah. So every time someone says hate, you just immediately go to <laughs> yeah. my mouth and I must scream. Generally. Uh, but yeah, it's like, no, she doesn't hate you. She pities you. It's a, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it feels like a turning point. Feels yeah. like, feels like at this point, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe Cassie can uh, help turn this yerk. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's what kind of elevates this book is that it's so, like, it's crazy what she's doing with a children's book, right? <laughs> like, because this is like a very, like, mature, con- like, real world concept, this idea that, like, people will absolutely weaponize other people's hatred, right? This idea of, like, those people hate you. Right. And so because I can get you to believe that those people hate you, I can weaponize you against them. This is like a a huge political force, you know, Um, like you see this on the right all the time with like those people. They hate America. They hate Christians. They hate the nuclear family. Um, Like it's so it's so it's it's the Yoda it's kind of like a Yoda quote, you know, (laughs) everyone knows the Yoda quote. I mean, baby or adult. Baby. <laughs> right. <laughs> when he goes, oh, 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 want Baba me do. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, but but like that, that's a very adult concept, I think. I think it's, it's a little bit, and I'm not sure, I wonder how much that hit me as a kid reading it. Because like I said, this was a book that kind of lost me as a kid. Because a lot of these conversations, it was like, it's cool, but like, Where's the wacky animal fights and stuff? Where's the crazy yeah. aliens? I feel like some of it went over my head. But I don't know, maybe some of it stuck with me too. Uh, like, again, I do think that Animorphs was pretty foundational to my politics. Yeah. Can I tell you how stupid I am? Because it's I, uh-huh. I, 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 think I, I think I'm still like that. This is during okay. 
when you were talking just now, yeah, my the synapses in my brain sure lit up a lot more when you said the word Yoda. (laughs) 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 Just like a lot of talk about the (laughs) politics and war, and I'm just uh uh it's like Yoda. Whoa, 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 Yoda! (laughs) Now we're talking. (laughs) I love Yoda. That guy's fun. Yeah, I remember when he said like fear leads to to anger and stuff. Oh, and I also remember when uh, when Jar Jar said, "Oh, Yusa saved me." <laughs> oh yeah, I remember both those things. <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> fun, fun with Jar Jar. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I wonder. I couldn't tell you if I was a kid how I would feel about this book. Mm-hmm. I do not know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I want to say I might have liked it, but I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, hard to say. Um, these are uh, there's some points in here that I'm going to bring up as evidence for Karen being like really young, but maybe I I don't maybe mm. I just don't know what kids are like. <laughs> there's like a couple parts here. Cassie remarks even on um, on Aftran being like both like too mature, but also a little girl, and like going back and forth between the two. Like they see a deer. And Aftran's just like, oh, it's Bambi. Um, there's a part where Cassie forages for mushrooms and Aftran's like, I'm not eating mushrooms. They're gross. <laughs> there's like little things like that. That Yeah, I, I think I'm more on your side rereading some of these passages. I, I think eight. Eight is my... I, I don't think she's as young as six or seven, but I, I feel like at mm-hmm. eight years old, you're probably still picky, but you're mm-hmm. like, you know... You can, yeah, you can I'm walk not around. an expert in child development, so I don't actually. <laughs> yeah, I spent a lot of time around little kids, so I can yeah. tell you that's probably what it is. Okay, that's good. Uh, I'm also realizing expert like you. that a lot of this stuff I was saying earlier about Yurk's reproduction didn't actually show up until around here. I was kind of jumped the gun on that stuff, but. Eh, it's fine. I just it's, wanted to it, talk about There's stuff around here. Sometimes all the chapters just blur together for me, you know? Yeah, I mean, especially in this, like, because in this part, what they've yeah. done is wander around mostly and talk, so. Right, yeah. Un- until pretty much now. <laughs> right? Right, until pretty much now. Um, Can I, uh, I feel like I wanted to say something yeah. else here. Okay. I wanted to, oh, the <laughs> two points. One I wanted to bring up, I felt really bad for Karen when she lost her Drake on beam. <laughs> huh. Like, I, there's something about the way that scene is written that that um, that really resonates with me, where she's just kind of like staring at the ground, like maybe it'll come back. I don't <laughs> think she says that, but she's just kind of like staring at. She's just like, "What do I even do? Maybe Cassie, I don't suppose you'd help me. No, <laughs> I can't go back without it." It did make me think of. Uh, did you ever watch the movie Magnolia? I have not seen that one. What yet. are you doing, man? It's my favorite movie. I know it's your favorite movie. Well, John C. Riley plays a cop and he loses his gun <laughs> early on. And he's like, he basically is just like berating himself. He's like, oh, I'm such a piece of shit. I lost my gun. I'm a cop. I'm not supposed to lose my gun. So I kind of felt that's, that. That's Aftran. Yeah. That John, John, John C. Riley, Riley for Aftran. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, uh, yep. <laughs> I think he'd knock it out of the park. <laughs> he's a chameleon. That man could do it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and your other point? Uh, I think 
the the only thing I really wanted to say here is there's a really good quote. There's a lot of quotes. There's a lot of dialogue in this book. There's a lot. It's just really good. Um, and maybe I'll just read this entire book <laughs> uh, <laughs> into the it. record here. No, I, I like the part. There's a bit here where she actually picks up uh, a caterpillar here. And she says, do you see this? This is what I am without a host body. Helpless, weak, blind. Do you see those flowers? Do you see the sunlight? Do you see the birds flying? You hate me for wanting that? You hate me because I won't spend my life blind? You hate me because... Yeah, you hate me because I won't spend my life swimming endlessly in a sea of sludge while humans like you live in a world of indescribable beauty? You live in paradise, and you hate me for wanting to live there, too. I like it. It's good. It's it's great. I, I highlighted all that stuff in my book. And yeah. um, it's again, it's just another layer. It's a that's mm-hmm. a whole discussion of the fact that we as humans take for granted everything we have just to be alive. <laughs> yeah. Which is a hard it's a, that's a hard argument to make. Uh, it's, it's an easier argument to make in the 90s when for at mm-hmm. least for white people, things were better. Uh, versus now when everyone agrees everything is shit and we're all miserable and sad all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. But um, but it is, I, it, in the right context, it is a powerful notion that you can see colors, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> look at the fucking, look at what red and blue are. Yeah, it's Fuck. pretty. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, I have heard people make the argument that this point of view is kind of ableist Mm. because Aftron focuses so heavily in on like the sense of sight being this like powerful, important, all consuming thing. So I have heard people make the argument that this is a little bit, uh, I don't know, maybe insensitive to blind people or something. I, I'm I mean, not sure I buy that, but I can kind of see it. But uh, come, you can't say that sight isn't ar- inarguably a mm-hmm. a core part of the human experience and culture. <laughs> like, yeah, but like, but like for the Yurk experience, is it so much that you're enslaving people for it when you didn't start with it? Right. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm on your side. Listen, if I had seen, if, if if it had been blind people coming to me and saying, I'm offended by this part, then I, I would have been like, that's, yeah, that's reasonable, I guess. But that, that's not really what I've seen when it comes to discourse about this. Yeah, well, um, if you're blind listening to this, you can email us and let us know your thoughts. If you are deaf listening yeah. to this, you're not listening to this, so we can say whatever we want about you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, I will just say I'm on the point of, I mean, for me, if I listen, I have bad eyes. The listeners might not know this, but my eyes are not good. <laughs> um, yeah. And I do have to reckon with the idea that they could get worse and sort of stay on top of that and make sure that like like the idea that I could lose my sight because of my weird eye condition at some point in the future. That's a real idea. It's not some like hypothetical. Oh, but what if you were blind? And I got to say, if I imagine that I don't stay on top of that, if I imagine that I let myself go blind, that feels like a real loss to me. That doesn't feel like, oh, well, you know, that's not that important. No, that's a loss. That's a huge loss. So I do see, like, I don't, 
for me personally, I don't think that that's a, I don't know. Yeah. No, and I, I also uh, wear glasses, so I too pretty much feel like I'm right in the shoes of blind people. It can say it's fine. Mm. Mm, yeah. We, I mean, both, we both wear glasses. Yeah. I don't wear glasses. My eyes are too shitty for glasses. <laughs> I, have, I have a weirder eye condition than that. Well, I, you know, you, you I still picture you in my head with glasses. <laughs> okay. That's true. Maybe someday I'll get them again. I wish you would. Just even, you know, lensless ones would be fine. Just some fake ones, put them back on. Yeah, uh, and, and and there's also, again, not to just not to step in it too much again, but just to bring it back up a little bit. Th- this was the part Please. where I think it hit me more uh, uh, about uh, the fact that Cassie is black. They, they She uses the, specifically, she uses the phrase slave masters, which I feel like has not been used before in this series. They, they might have said slave once or twice, but slave master to me feels like a very specific connotation for our society. Uh, yes, so, so I that, think you're right. To me, that felt like the most, I don't know. It, there, I feel like Kay Applegate had to at least have thought about that when she was writing that part. But yeah, I yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is the great thing about Animorphs is that, like, even though it's silly a lot of the times, it it gets heavy enough and touches on real world subjects enough that um that we have the opportunity, uh, to to say things that uh, might end up being uh, problematic. <laughs> like at some point, we're gonna have to express real opinions on real world politics, and people might disagree, and and that could be a problem. <laughs> yeah, no avoiding it. Nope, no avoiding it. It's fine. It's fine. Everything is going to be okay. Um, all right. But so they've had these conversations. Uh, the leopard attacks. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that leopard that's been uh, wandering around? Uh, it comes in, it attacks, and uh, it bites Karen's leg, and it's like dragging her off screaming, right? It's, it's pretty intense. Um, but fortunately, Marco shows up. Marco is here to save the day. So there's, there's like a little bit of a fight with the leopard. Um, although, you know, once again, Cassie kind of considers just letting it ki- kill Karen and be done with it, even though mm-hmm. this whole thing's been happening. But, you know, Gorilla Marco, Wolf Cassie, they, they get the leopard to back down and it leaves. Um, Marco is suspicious about what's going on. Uh, so he goes and leaves to demorph. And while he's gone, Cassie tries to warn Aftran that, hey, Marco is not going to be cool about this. <laughs> um, but Marco tricked them. He morphed Bird instead, and he overheard the whole conversation. So he knows what's up. He's fucking pissed at Cassie. You know, he's like, she, the, the, the Yurk has to die, Cassie. They're like, you know this. Um, Cassie is freaking out. She doesn't know what to do, but she's like, I can't let this Yurk die. I don't know. Uh, and so not even really thinking or being aware of what she's doing. She's like, what What if we give Karen a chance to weigh in? Karen should have a chance to weigh in. And she demorphs and shoves Karen's ear up to hers so that Aftran can infest her instead. And, uh, and Marco flies off to go get the other Animorphs. And he leaves saying, you're a fool, Cassie. Now it's not the little girl who may have to die. It's you. Shit. Shit. God so let's damn. talk about... Marco, our favorite character, showing Marco, up to save the day here. He's here. Marco's here. <laughs> yeah, it's Marco time. He and he has some fun stuff to say, joking around like always. 
<laughs> yeah, good old jokey Marco. Classic here. Marco pranks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this book really is like uh yeah, it's really making me question my where my loyalties lie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nah, I'd still with Marco. <laughs> I'd kill and die for those beautiful eyelashes. But <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny that in a in any other scenario, if you if this was a Marco book, you'd be on Marco's side right now. Mm. But you've been but you've been seeing this other perspective for so long that you're 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 not sure if you're feeling it. And I I mean, Cassie makes the best counter argument, which it's like, yeah. Of course. She's like, well, what about your fucking mom, dude? Yeah. <laughs> and what about yeah. Jake's brother? Like, we don't kill them. So what's up with that? Yeah. Uh, uh, it's yeah. interesting because that does touch back on Marco here. Because I don't I don't think that Marco is convinced that he's not going to kill his mom at this point. <laughs> mm. Like last book he did. He saved his mom, but then he did let her die. But then she didn't die, probably. Well, he was like, he gave her a fighting no. chance, at least. Yeah. But he also well, that wasn't w- about to save her when he flooded the area. Like, Honest, it's- I kind of chalk that up more to sloppy writing, to be honest with you. <laughs> I feel That's like fair. That's I, fair. I, at least when I, from my memory of it, I, I think he wanted to save her, but then it was just... You know, you just kind of she took for granted, like, oh yeah, probably everyone in that place will die, but uh, she doesn't because she doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's fair. I mean, I in in my eyes, like in my mind at this point, Marco is is at a crossroad. Like he wants to save his mom, but he doesn't know. I don't know that that was what he was struggling with last book. Yeah, at any rate, his last Marco book. His last Marco book. I keep saying last book, but I, I mean five, four books ago. <laughs> five with the Megamorphs. Um, yeah, six of podcast episodes. <laughs> right. So a long, long time. Eons ago. Uh, eons. Uh, this is another point where Karen seems very young because she doesn't know gorillas are dangerous. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. After it's just like. Oh, my all I know about gorillas is what my host body knows. She thinks he looks like Curious George. Yeah, that maybe that's like making me think maybe I drop a year off her age there. That <laughs> right. Is, that is pretty goofy. Yeah. I mean, this is the part where I was like, oh, that's why Marco was a wolf at the beginning. Because if he fought as a gorilla at the beginning, Karen couldn't have said that line because she she would have already seen him. <laughs> wow. I don't I don't know that that was intentionally done that way, but. Yeah, that's that's a yeah. That never would have occurred to me, but maybe. Yeah. Otherwise, it would have been a plot hole. Right. Seropedia would have been fucking pissed. Yeah. <laughs> this is a goof. Goofs. <laughs> um. Yeah, Cassie's wild for this one. Yeah, she she sure is. Uh. Marco's pretty hardcore in this section. He's got some good lines. He says, uh, there's no peace with parasites. You don't turn them around. You bury them. Uh, Damn. There's a bit where he's like either he says to, to Aftran, he's like, either you leave Karen or I kill you both. And Aftran's like, all right, well, then you'll have to kill us both. Like, I, you can kill me, but I'm not going to make it easy for you. Marco's like, OK, I'll do it. And uh, and Cassie's sitting there like, I know he's like bluffing strength, but also he will do it. Yeah. 
Yeah. But it, they, I don't, I, they, they wouldn't, they would tie her up, like, and do the starvation thing. They're not going to actually kill a little girl, right? <laughs> that doesn't feel like a thing the Animorphs do. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like Marco would kill this little girl if he had to. But I also feel like, yeah, she she is this, like, kid. Her ankle, she can't even walk. She hurt her ankle too bad. I I don't see why they can't tie her up. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. But that's that's fine. Also, on the subject of ableism again, there is this part here mm-hmm. where... Yes. Cassie says, she's already crippled. What do you think you've done to her? She's already lost both her legs and her arms and eyes and voice as well. Which is, I, I think it's a really powerful passage, but I mean, that's pretty... <laughs> Regardless of whether or not crippled is... That's, that's not PC, right? <laughs> I don't think that. it is, no. You're not supposed to say that anymore. I don't think you're supposed to have said that. You're going to have to come back and censor that. Yeah, well, you know, family guy. But... but um. Uh, but it's, yeah, yeah, I don't know. So it's maybe it's problematic, but it is, it is powerful to me. It's like, Hey, you already like, again, just driving home. Yeah. You're fucking this kid up. There's trade-offs here. There's just, there's a lot of good back and forth about who's in the right and Mm -hmm. who's in the wrong on this one. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the book. Great dialogue, great back and forth. And and also, Uh, I mean, this part I just found particularly unsettling when, Karen says, Cassie says, we're not cows. And, and she's like, it's, you can't compare what you do to humans what we do to cows. Sure I can. You're our meat. <laughs> I just, that sounds like some shit that from a horror movie, you would like, you just hear with ringing with hideous laughter yeah. in the air. So there's, you're our yeah, some, meat. <laughs> yeah. Imagine it's a tiny little kid who says that. I, I, I liked earlier where she says, that's all you are to us. Oink, oink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's I mean, pretty good too. Like, like, yeah, the, you know, slaughter of animals in general portrayed in a certain light can already be fucking horrifying <laughs> when you really get into it. And that's just, there's something about, I have the same thing with, um, with plant stuff. <laughs> I don't know. This is a very specific phobia of mine. <laughs> I don't, I do not know where this is going. <laughs> there are, and I can only think of one example, which is an obscure point and click adventure game called, uh, in, in, or maybe it's just called sanitarium. I think again, probably very <laughs> sensitive for towards the mentally ill, <laughs> but, but, uh, <laughs> There's like a part where there's like a plant people that like eat humans and kind of like in Troll 2, you know, how they like turn people into plants. <laughs> there's so something you, you I, Troll 2 gave you nightmares. I don't I don't know why there's something about like people being meat for other animals or like being tur- specifically the plant thing of like like a Venus flytrap, like eating a person. I don't know that like little some, shop of horrors. Yeah, although I love that little shop of horrors, but, but yeah, I guess kind of the same thing. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I need to talk to a therapist about this. I don't know what the root of it is, but there's something about plant meat people shit that kind of fucks me up and makes me feel mm. ill. I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So you're not like a vor cannibalism fanatic to get no. back on that topic. No, it's not for me. It's not, not your me. favorite. Mm-mm. Yeah. Okay. No, you're not no. a, a Arnie Hammer. No, 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 no. 
But yeah, Marco no, should have no, just no. tied this. I don't know why he even went to get the Animorphs. Like, just pick this girl up as a gorilla. She won't get anywhere. <laughs> well, he was a bird, right? He's a bird. Cassie says she she controlled her morph so that, like, her human head appeared, but she's still mostly wolf, so Marco doesn't, like, he, yeah. he doesn't, he can't fight her because sure. he has to go bird to human to gorilla. Okay, sure. I don't know. I don't know. Call her bluff. You think Cassie's going <laughs> to really fuck you up? Like, <laughs> Aftran will fuck you up. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Well, she, but, but I think before Aftran gets into Cassie's head, she's just, she's just a shitty little kid. Marco has an opportunity there. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, 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 maybe Marco's just too nice. <laughs> he just wants backup. He, he's not the leader. He's like, I can't do anything. I yeah. need Jake to tell me what to do. Yeah. He needs those, uh, what, what is it? Those like, I don't even remember what he said. Those serious, that serious chin or whatever he says. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't really remember that, but. He yeah. always has descriptions of Jake like, well, he, he's done it a couple times, but. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So after and she takes control of Cassie, um, you know, we get to see Cassie's memories through Aftran's eyes and a little bit of Aftran through Cassie's eyes. Um, after and see, sees, you know, Cassie feeling guilty over killing her brother. She sees the whole plot of the book from Cassie's perspective. Um, uh, she morphs Osprey and takes off, but she doesn't like go anywhere. She's like flying in circles around the city. She's not sure what to do. Uh, and they see a controller search party in the woods. Um, and they also see the other Animorphs coming. So there's there's controllers coming in. There's Animorphs coming in. They're converging on where Karen is. Uh, Cassie makes like a final appeal to Aftran to make peace, and uh, and Aftran turns around and head backs toward heads back toward Karen. Uh, so let's let's see what we have to say about Aftran being in Cassie's head here. Well, this is the when we actually learn her, or did we? Did she say her name earlier? I don't think we do. I think this is where we learn Aftran's name. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think up to this it. point, it's Karen. Yeah, Aftran nine four two of the Het Simplat pool. Yeah, that's that's Aftran. Update your wikis, folks. Now you know. <laughs> Update them. Uh, yeah, there's, uh, you know, at this point, I I I wasn't taking as many notes because I was just caught up in the book. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh shit, this shit's getting real. Shit's. Shit's happening. And uh, we get another of the... Now Now Cassie is number two of the Animorphs to experience the Yurk infestation. Mm-hmm. And she gets to have a similar kind of thing that Jake did of getting some of Aftran's memories as well. And yeah. Much, much even more direct, sympathetic position for Yurk POV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting because we do we find out a couple things about after we find out that she took the Karen job on purpose um, because she wanted mm. to avoid the battles because she was she used to be in a hork and she was tired of like fighting and killing uh, similar to Cassie. Um, and so she like this this Karen job. We find out Karen's father is uh, like a billionaire who owns Unibank or something. So, you know, she's supposed to be spying on him and trying to figure out how to infest him. Um, yeah. 
so that, that, that's that's an interesting little tidbit there. But but it is a lot more sympathetic to Aftrin that that she also does not want to fight. Um, you know, we also get to see a little bit of her enjoying flying as a bird. Uh, she clearly loves being a bird. She clearly loves the bird eye. She loves being. She mentions specifically being alone up in the sky. She's obviously very sick of being part of the Yurk Empire. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. She says earlier that there are Yurks who oppose the war. Mm -hmm. And I guess she's not quite at that level, but she's maybe just sort of neutral towards it. Yeah, it, it feels like at this point she's still more on the like, what what can you do, though? That's the way things are. Yeah. Um. We find out that uh, her brother's name was Estrel 731 of the Het Simplat Pool. Right. So update your wikis on that one. <laughs> Rip. Rip. Uh, well, you get a Zone 91 shout out. <laughs> that. Yeah. I mean, I did like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. That, that was funny. That it's, Again, just hammering home how stupid Visser 3 is that he's obsessed mm-hmm. with Zone 91 still. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it's we also... kind of like a Elon Musk type. Yeah. That's the sort of thing Musk would be would be obsessed with. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's there's definitely a yerk in Musk's head. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we, we also get a good... Another good callback to arguably maybe the real start of of Cassie's arc mm. which is the termite thing yeah and like that's there's, From a, there's my a... favorite book <laughs> which wait that's book is... nine the skunk oh that that happens in that book huh yes that happens in that book oh i think i had like i that's think that's the one that's the part where you part. said you wrote you wrote <laughs> as many notes about one chapter as you did about the rest of the book <laughs> right. okay that's what I I so I just separated it in my head completely because I'm like that part was good that couldn't have been from that book. <laughs> yeah. Well, at any rate, I I liked the callbacks to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, all all this stuff is is good and interesting, and you know, you get yeah. the swirling montage of their brains yeah. together. Yeah, and um, and Cassie's last appeal here is I I think. There are so many good lines in this book. This book is great for dialogue, but her her appeal to Aftran here, Aftran says, you think we can make peace between human and Yurk and Andalite? Don't be stupid. And Cassie says, no, I don't think we can make peace between all humans and all Yurks and all Andalites, but you and I can have peace. One Yurk, one human. I love it. It's great. It's beautiful. (laughs) This is Cassie. It's like the... um... You know, it's like the person throwing back the starfish on the beach, you know? Mm. You know that? You know that one? I s- that, what is this? This is very <laughs> familiar to me. Yeah, there's this, like, some <laughs> some s- stupid moral story. <laughs> it's like this kid's throwing all these starfish, like, washed up from the shore, and they're, like, dying on the beach, and he's, like, throwing them back in the ocean, and someone's like, what's the, what's the point? Like, there's hundreds of them. You can't save them all. It won't make a difference. And she's like... It'll make a difference to the ones I save. Mm, okay, yeah. It's, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very powerful. No, I, I've heard this, yeah. That is powerful. Not as powerful as Animorphs. But... <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, just wait until Animorphs, the Animorphs morph starfish. Then we'll see some real power. 
Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, the uh, it's a great line. Yeah. So Aftrin, it's a great line. Aftrin's heading back. They're heading back. And as Aftrin uh, is flying back toward Karen, she warns the patrolling controllers uh, in thought speech that Andalite bandits are coming. She doesn't say Animorphs, but she does warn them that they're coming. Um, so they get back to Karen and Aftrin reinfests Karen. Um, and she says she has delayed all of the others from finding them. She's hoping they'll fight and be delayed. And she's done this um, because she has a demand of Cassie here. Um, Aftrin says she will leave Karen and never take another human host. She's willing to do this, but only on the condition that Cassie pay the same price. So she says, Cassie, if you will morph this caterpillar and trap yourself in this caterpillar morph for two hours, then I will never take another human host. So Cassie acquires the caterpillar and morphs it. Yeah. So this is... The, the, this is it. This is we're getting closer to to the cover of the book here. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's at this point that I'm going, well, she didn't turn into a caterpillar on the cover of the book. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, which I mean, I just that should have been the cover. OK, it should have been a caterpillar. It would have been way mm. better. But I feel you. But who am I? I'm sure market research said butterflies will sell to little girls. We got to put a butterfly in the cover. Yeah, this is definitely the book for the, like, if, if you wanted, like, a pretty <laughs> butterfly princess story, go read this book. That's right. All the little kids with their Lisa Frank binders, they are mm. loving this hard-hitting discussion of morality. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think we kind of glossed over, too. I, I did want to uh, oh, yeah. point make, make sure to say, I think we got Karen's, the real Karen's only line in the book when she says, I want to go home. That's... Oh, yeah. She gets one other line later on. But yes, oh, okay. I think that is the real Karen's only line so far is I want to go home. So do with that what you will. <laughs> Poor uh, Karen. Do you think Cassie ever says to Jake, would you still love me if I was a worm? <laughs> <laughs> Well, now she knows. She doesn't have to ask. Yeah, God, this is, I think this is every girl's dream. <laughs> yeah, that's true. To be able to turn into a worm so you can ask your boyfriend if they still love you. <laughs> John, would you still podcast with me if I was a worm? Oh, yeah, it'd be better. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have to hear my voice anymore. <laughs> yeah, just be me, baby. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, one of the things I... In this chapter, Aftrin really does not believe that Cassie's going to do this, right? Like, there's a part where, you know, or when she's still in Cassie's head, she asks Cassie if if she would do, like, she said, like, if you were me, what would you do? And Cassie doesn't answer her, but Cassie, like, Aftrin can read her thoughts. So she's like, Cassie thinks she would do it. And, and, and Aftrin says, like, maybe you're more like me than you think. Uh, like, I think she's really think, ca- expecting, like, Cassie thinks very highly of herself. She thinks she's this morally superior person. But when push comes to shove, when it actually comes down to it, she's not going to do it. She wouldn't actually do it. Um, you know, I, I, I think that this is... I really love this scene. And I love all the, the, th- the, all the things that they say. 
Uh, I love that Aftran in this scene is crying. You know, she's torn up about it. She doesn't like making Cassie do this either. Um, like, she feels horrible about everything here. Yeah. It's good. She's, she's like, smoke the whole pack now, Cassie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's what she says. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't I don't really know what you, you summed it up. Well, it's a. Uh, it's uh, it's powerful. Cassie proves once and for all that she is, in fact, morally superior to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's what happens in this book. Cassie proves that she was right and you were wrong to doubt her. You should always listen to her. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a, I don't know that, you know, no, nobody would make this choice. <laughs> I was gonna, like very yeah. few people, uh, maybe not. <laughs> It is, it is an extremely uh, yeah. hard thing. Although I feel like maybe I could see myself turning into the caterpillar. And then once you're in there, it's kind of like you're just waiting for two hours to go by. You're not actively making a choice at that point. You can kind of just be like, eh, mm. I'm a caterpillar now. Maybe it's a little bit easier to retreat into the caterpillar brain and just succumb to that inevitable <laughs> transformation. Yeah. You just got to one, two, three, go it, right? You know, once you jump in, yeah. it's like, all right, well, it started now. It's too late. Yeah. They don't, she doesn't have yeah. much trouble taking over Caterpillar's brain, though. She just gets a little hungry or something. Oh, no, she wants to do what she's going to do is what she wants. Yeah, she wants to weave a cocoon. She's not very she's hungry. A chrysalis. Yeah, no, she's not very hungry, no. Mm-mm. Um, yeah. It's a lot easier to tell someone else what they must do than to do it yourself, eh, Cassie? <laughs> yeah. But she does. It's not Cassie. Cassie, it's perfectly easy to do it herself because she's just better than you. <laughs> That's right. No, I. I uh... So so Cassie at this point is out of the book. Um, she's Bye. in a chrysalis. <laughs> See ya, Cassie. Now Jake gets to take over. Um. We get Jake's perspective here. Uh, you know, they've been out searching for Cassie all night. Marco has just returned and informed him that Cassie is a controller. Um, you know, and as as they gather up and move toward her location, like the search party guys start shooting at them. Uh, Rachel gets shot down. They get into a bird fight. They have all the standard, you know, bird fight maneuvers from Animorphs. Um, you know, after, but, but Aftran's plan works. It wastes a bunch of time. Um... So before we have them arrive at Aftran, do you have anything to say? But this is like the only, other than I guess the opening scene, this is the only fight scene in the book. A little bit, a little bit of standard Animorphs craziness here, well, but like, not the a leopard ton. scenes are kind of like fight scenes. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But uh, yeah, I mean the switch to Jake is wild. It's a yeah. I I, I don't other than Mega I feel like there is one other one where you switch perspectives maybe. I don't know if that's true there or not. There is, but I don't remember which one right now. Yeah, but it's uh it's it's like, whoa, it's Jake now. It's Jake now. Cassie's fucking out, she's gone. I think it'd be funnier if it switched to Marco. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty good. But Jake's got some good lines that Marco would not make. Uh I, I like when he says, uh, maybe we'll lose, maybe we'll win. But if we win someday and it's all over, you better hope there are still plenty of Cassies in the world. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Great line. Fantastic. Great line. Uh, Jake also has a bit where he effectively orders Marco to kill Cassie. (laughs) 
Wait, when does what is that? What does that happen? There's there's a bit where where Jake is all like uh, he's like that Yerk does not get away. I don't care who it's in, and Marco's uh, whether it's in uh, Karen or Cassie, and Marco's like, so Jake, what are you saying? And Jake is saying, I'm saying Marco that that Yerk is not getting away no matter what, mm. and Marco's like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jake's hardcore. Yeah, Jake's hardcore. This is probably the hardest call Jake has had to make so far. You can see. I mean, he's he's like. <laughs> He's become the leader now. He's he's ready to make these decisions. It's like I'm not yeah. I'm not gonna fuck around. <laughs> yeah, not fucking around. Yeah, Jake. Jake definitely. This is around the part in the series where Jake really kind of comes into it as a leader. I think. Yeah, yeah. Things start getting rough. Um, yeah, they they all show up, but it's too late. Right, Cassie's trapped. Um, we find out Aftran tried to tell her to morph back. Because she'd seen enough, but, uh, you know, Cassie couldn't understand her as a caterpillar, so now she's trapped. Um, there's yet another scuffle with the leopard, but it's not really important. <laughs> um, <laughs> Aftran explains to them the deal she made with Cassie, and Jake is like, well, I can't really let her live, but I also can't give the order that, like, undoes Cassie's sacrifice, right? I can't bring myself to do that. So instead, he tells all the Animorphs, everybody's got to make their own decision about what to do here. And one by one, they all decide to leave without killing Aftran. They all decide to let Aftran live. Um, another great scene. Yeah. Book full of great scenes. I like when T- Tobias sympathizes too and says, I can't get mad at someone not wanting to take a life. Mm-hmm. And Jake's like, that's pretty surprising since he all he does is fucking eat rats all day. <laughs> yeah. I feel like they've br- they brought this up a lot. Like most of these books have had some point where they – they make this point with Tobias. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But yeah, it's all, uh, you, you know, it's it's just, again, really getting to the heart of the themes mm-hmm. of this book. And especially now you get to hear kind of everybody else's perspective, because up until now, it's just been really Cassie. Yeah. Uh, so but it's like that's it's it's enough. It's good. You get you get enough, but you don't. It's like Cassie was mostly fine. We don't need everybody's to have their own <laughs> books worth of opinions on this. <laughs> we kind of know mm-hmm. what they'll be. <laughs> they're not, although they all, yeah, like they all, I mean, ultimately they're like, look, we're not going to, I just think you're not going to kill a little girl. So <laughs> Rachel was gonna, Rachel yeah. was perfectly happy to kill this little girl. Yeah. Maybe Rachel would. Rachel was the last one to leave. And when she shows up, everyone's like, so did you do it or not? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think she'd be like, but you remind me of Jordan. She wouldn't be able to do it. Last minute, she'd, she'd call it off. I, I think Rachel would kill Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Given the opportunity. Yeah, maybe. You borrowed my jacket again? Yeah. Throw out my <laughs> Chinese food, my Szechuan sauce. <laughs> Grizzly bear, bitch. That's right. Uh, um so there's a this leopard keeps showing up and i was i was kind of thinking about this leopard because it's it's not that necessary (laughs) (laughs) um but I, i think there is something interesting to this leopard because every time it shows up it's i don't know if it's like maybe it's almost like a trolley problem thing or like a taking accountability or control thing because we, we have, like, this bit where Marco here, 
Like, he comes in wanting, like, he's totally ready to kill this Yurk, but then he saves Aftran from this leopard in this scene. Um, mm. And earlier, Cassie was, like, just unwilling to kill Aftran, but when the leopard attacks, she's sitting there considering just letting it do it. Like, I don't, I don't know, there's, there's something here with, with like, a, there's a difference between just kind of letting it happen and doing it yourself. And maybe that's illustrative of the characters that, that Cassie doesn't want to be the one to kill. But if it's, if like, if that's what's happening, then she lets it happen or like, but Marco personally wants to take control of it. He wants, he's like, if there's going to be killing, I'm taking accountability. I don't know. There's something there. Yeah. It's an interesting divide because it's. Yeah, from from the one perspective, it's like an instinct kicks in where you you, you won't just let someone get eaten by a leopard, <laughs> mm-hmm. but also or but for Cassie, it's the opposite, which is like yeah, <laughs> well yeah, I guess it's just the difference between passivity and activity. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's just what kind. Yeah, of... I mean that's kind of what I'm saying with the trolley problem a bit, right? Yeah, like, that's yeah. the fundamental. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess like the the leopard adds more danger to the wilderness scenes, but I guess you don't mm-hmm. really need that. <laughs> they they could have it could have been just as dangerous without, but I think it's I don't know it adds a little something. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to have it in here. It's just I, I was you know going through it and being like, well, thematically, it's just about the two of them talking. So like. Yeah, you it, know, I, if it, if I look at it from that perspective, like what do these scenes add? It you know? might have been, I guess, my punch up would be it could have just mm-hmm. been like a mountain lion or something, or and not. Yeah, the fact that it escaped from the zoo is a little silly. <laughs> yeah, some some guy's private zoo, some weird collector's private zoo, <laughs> something, or just a you know, there could be like a cougar out here or something. I don't know. Yeah. The, yeah, there should be. They're in the California wilderness. There should be. Yeah. So yeah, that's. I think it is the zoo part that is like just one idea too many. <laughs> yeah, she wanted to put a leopard in a book. <laughs> right. I'm surprised somebody doesn't acquire it. Yeah, that's true. She could have. Well, I guess she already did a jaguar on a cover. People probably couldn't tell the difference. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> probably not. Um. There's yeah. some good quotes in here. Oh, are there? Uh, there's a lot. I'm just good. Like I said, I just want to read the entire book out loud. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, yeah, I like Aftran says, we're not all like this or three. Some of us are just little yerks, unimportant nobodies who are caught in this war. Some of us also want peace. Some of us want to find a better way. But how can we give up everything and leave the universe to them? And she like gestures at Axe. They'll never feel anything but hatred and contempt for us. Cassie did not hate. I like that. Yeah, I thought it was weird that when she says them, there's three sets of parentheses around it. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. QA Applegate strikes again. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I like Jake's bit where he says, uh, sometimes you have to choose between the smart, sane, ru- between smart, sane ruthlessness and totally mm-hmm. stupid, insane hope. You can't just pick one and stick with it either. Each time it comes up, you have to try and make your best decision um, yeah. like that. And I think the moment at the end is really, really touching where Rachel carries Cassie the chrysalis out and, and is all like, listen, I wanted to kill after him, but I am not like this was Cassie's like last act. And I'm not going to be the one who undoes it. I thought yeah. that scene was nice. Yeah. She loves her. 
<laughs> okay, well, don't be gross about it's it. It's sweet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ugh, gross. All right. Um, but then the twist happens. This is the part on the cover. This is the part in the blurb at the front of the book. <laughs> because uh, after a couple of days, Cassie emerges from her chrysalis and becomes a butterfly. Um, Tobias like shows up and gets them all at school, and they all ditch class to go see uh, Cassie. It's a nice scene. Um, but upon seeing this, Axe informs them that uh, this is naturally occurring morphing, and it. <laughs> resets the morphing clock so now cassie can demorph and be fine um so cassie gets to go home (laughs) now that she's a butterfly she gets to demorph she's saved she's not trapped as a worm uh but yeah she goes home she pretends she was lost in the woods the whole time she gets to be with her family uh we find out that aftran kept her promise and you know karen's free um we find out Karen has apparently asked her billionaire dad to fund the wildlife rehabilitation clinic. So they're not shutting down after all. Yay. And, um, and we have an ending, uh, with Rachel and Cassie at the mall, right? And Rachel's buying new clothes for Cassie. And for once Cassie's into it because, uh, you know, she's appreciating color and, and the world around her more. Um, so there's the ending of the book here. So now this is what you had a problem with as a kid is that, it doesn't make sense that she can demorph. Yeah. So when I was a very little kid, my problem here was that I was just like, what, what is that? What is that? Like, oh, naturally occurring morphing. That's not what, what's happening here though. Like what, th- this is not what morphing, like what, what is this? This is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that's just how morphing works, baby. Yeah. Apparently that's apparently morphing works exactly the same as metamorphosis. I do. I do like that. He's like, oh, yeah, morph. It's just naturally occurring morphing to Axe. Yeah. It's like, yeah, oh, that's cool. There's a, that thing morphs, you know, <laughs> just yeah. his perspective that's on the good. world. Yeah, no, it is good. Um, yeah, I think it, it's one of those things where I've changed my opinion on this multiple times because, like, when I got a little bit older, my problem with it was that it was kind of a bad deus ex where it's like, yeah, you've got mm. Cassie. She makes this great sacrifice. And then you just undo it because we got to get back to our book of the week and blah, blah, blah. Right. Like, like we're back to normal. Fuck. It doesn't mean anything. Um, But I don't think I feel like that now. Yeah, I don't. It didn't. Maybe part of the reason I didn't it didn't bother me is because it's so telegraphed. I mean, obvi- even without mm-hmm. the cover, it's like. Well, she's in a chrysalis. She's going to turn into a butterfly. It seems unlikely that they're going to have another anamorph trapped as a bug forever. And they're going to mm. have to, the Elemist is going to have to help her too. Mm. Uh, it, so maybe it's just like, I didn't, I, they prepped me for it so much that I was just like, of course that's what's going to happen. Whereas if maybe if it was played like mm. a twist, I would have been like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know, but yeah, it. I, I'm, I will. I am stupid enough and know little <laughs> enough about actual animals and nature that I'm willing to be like, yeah, that makes sense. It's like a different thing. It can demorph. <laughs> sure. Yeah, sure, sure. Why not? Um, yeah, I know how they they metamorphize is really weird. I don't know a ton about it, but it is weird as fuck. So maybe it is like morphing. Um, yeah. Here, I'm, I'm going to go uh, 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 English professor college again to talk about this butterfly thing, oh Animorphs boy. 101. 
No. Uh, so, like, now when I view this, now that I'm in my 30s, I am... Um, Ooh, you're old. I know, right? <laughs> Fucking Christ. Not me. No, I... I uh, 23. I, I look at this and, and it's like, okay, so so Cassie's sacrifice is supposed to mirror Aftrans, right? Like, she's giving up everything to become a worm. But built into this deal that she made was her exit, right? Like, like she didn't cheat the deal. She followed it exactly as it was written. And it's, it just turns out that by turning into a caterpillar, her escape was already in that. Like, it wasn't a sacrifice at all, actually. It looked like a sacrifice, but it actually wasn't. And if you read that to mirror Aftran, then there's sort of like this, this message of hope there, I think, for Aftran that I really like. This idea that, like, it looks like Aftran is giving up everything to not infest humans, but maybe there's something we don't understand yet or haven't seen yet. And and maybe there's some ending for Aftran that does end up with her being free and happy and something good comes out of it. Um, so that's kind of how I view this now. And it's why I like it now as opposed to hating it when I was younger. It's beautiful. It's really good. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's, it's very nice. I think you're onto something there. Okay, good. Thank you. I'm glad that you... Uh, I'm validating your reading of the book. Good. I need validation. And just, I need a lot of validation. And just like in my real English classes in high school, I will hear what you said and not offer any of my own thoughts to the conversation. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> yeah, you're, sometimes the butterfly is just yellow. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, what you were saying before was like, is it kind of a cheat? Is the, isn't Cassie know mm -hmm. enough? Of, well, she doesn't, why would she assume that she would be allowed to morph back? Like, that's not a. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, lucky for her that Aftran didn't just pick up a worm, an actual worm. You know? Right. <laughs> no, it is lucky for her. It's symbolic. It's metaphor. Yeah, and it is interesting that after we, it is sort of ambiguous at the end. I assume we don't mm -hmm. run into Aftran again in this series, uh, but we don't really. We might run into Aftran again in this series. <laughs> okay, then. All right. Yeah, excited now? Well, we'll see how that goes, but, you know, we right. don't know uh, right now, like, what. She, and, and Aftran, from her perspective, she believes that Cassie made this great sacrifice. So her perspective of humanity is forever mm -hmm. changed from that. So, yeah. And in a sense she did because like after was saying, like I, I already, even before she trapped herself, I'd seen enough to, uh, to, to believe that she would really do it. So she, that's why she was trying to get her to morph back. So even if she finds out Cassie escaped, it's still like, well, she did it. Yeah. Well, she's like, it was an Andalite trick. <laughs> I guess uh, one question is, would this have gone down very differently if it was anyone other than Karen? If it was like uh, some Yurk who just was a dick? Mm -hmm. Could Cassie, how good is Cassie? Was was Aftran an easy mark? Or could she turn someone who was deeper into the cult, so to speak? I don't know. I do think that one of Cassie's consistent skills throughout the book is her ability to read people. So, hmm. like, it, it could be that it's, like, she read that Aftran had doubts, and so she could go in there and, and exploit them. But if it was just some, some piece of shit, Yerk, probably would have been like, oh, well, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess the fact that she's in a little kid's body is pretty much 
if if we're assuming that Yerk can kind of, you know, if this Yerk was in the like a CEO body, <laughs> it'd be like fuck this Yerk. Right, right. Kill him, or a cop, or something. Right. So, uh, yeah, like I, I mean, again, everything I said at the start of this, uh, this is a beautiful book. I think it's. I think I said Andalite Chronicles was the closest thing we, we've had to being like, oh, this could kind of stand alone as a almost mm-hmm. like an actual sci-fi book that you not that you don't have to know Animorphs, but it's uh, on the level of like, oh, you might pick this up in a library and be like, oh, this is some weird mm-hmm. ob- obscure sci-fi novel that people like. Uh, I, this book is like, I think this reaches the heights of actual literature (laughs) i i mean honestly i agree with you like i am not going to be coming into most animorphs books being like let me interpret the metaphor of what happened no they fucking they turn into tigers or some shit (laughs) yeah i mean and this book now you're saying it's controversial for a favorite do you think this book is widely liked or disliked it's hard for me to say but i feel like i see varying opinions on this book I feel like I do not see a universal like love for it, but I don't like, I'm not hugely into the community. So I don't write in, if you're a, a listener, write in and tell us if you like this book, if your friends like this book, maybe, you know? maybe we'll find out for our season two recap. Mm, yeah. Good idea. But uh, I feel like if you don't like this book, you don't like this series. I, I, I this is, this just mm. seems like the, I mean, unless you're really just in it for the action scenes, <laughs> like this is yeah. this is everything this series has tried to say up to this point, said and expressed better than it has been so far. Yeah, no, I, I do think this is this is just about, if not the pinnacle of you know exploring what what the hell the like the fundamental premise of a yerk. What is a yerk? You know, as far as as how does the series explore that idea, right? It's it's got to be either this book or Visser that that's like the the most dialed into that. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I don't I don't know about you. I don't know uh, how much of a you know. I know we're men, and we don't show emotion or anything. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> and I and I don't show in real life. I don't show emotion. But if I'm I'm relating to fiction. That's when that's when I show emotion. <laughs> right, right. I, I I I teared up multiple times reading this book. I don't. I yeah, don't know. It's cry might be too strong a word, but I was there were tears. I was. Yeah. It really affected me. It's a powerful book. Yeah. I, I I I don't know that reading ever makes me tear up, but like there like that kind of I understand what you mean exactly. That's the thing. I like. I cry in movies all the time, but I'm mm-hmm. like, do I cry reading books that much? The sad truth is, I don't read often enough these days <laughs> to tell you if I do. Mm-hmm. But reading Animorphs, I have. So <laughs> there you go. The best book you've ever read. I, in I your didn't life. fucking cry reading Great Fucking Gatsby. I can tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they should teach this shit in, in high school. F. Scott Fitzgerald, go fuck yourself. Yeah, what a hack. Get that F out of the way and put a K and an A in there. Now, I, I want to, well, I don't know. Do you have, a, uh, I have one capper, but anything else? 
Go for it. My, yeah. My only final note on this is I'm I'm only worried about where the series continues from here for Cassie specifically. Mm-hmm. And I suspect that some or much of this, even by the end of this book, you kind of get the idea that it will be is going to be swept under the rug a little bit for the sake of look every month we have to have them go fight some York Bajir. <laughs> and yes, I kind of uh, this feels like a book that should be uh, coming towards the end of a series and we're not even halfway through and mm-hmm. I, I just am afraid that this is going to get washed away with everything else that's going to come. Mm-hmm. I think that is a reasonable concern. That is one of the problems with the episodic nature of the series is that sometimes she'll have like a really good idea that should honestly be at the climax. But you know what? It, it comes out when she has it. <laughs> uh, so um, I, I think that's reasonable to be worried about. Um like, how does she, because yeah. Cassie, she just, the next book, she's like, eh, it's okay to fight him sometimes, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, like, she does end this book by saying, I guess I'm still an Animorph, and and being like, well, I, like, something about the fact that she found a nonviolent solution in one situation has sort of reinvigorated her. It's like, I can, I can keep doing this now because it's not all killing. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I understand where you're coming from. And, and as we get to later Cassie books or Cassie's depictions in other books, we can keep that in mind for sure. Well, they just need the, you know, the Batman or the Spider-Man logic where they just don't kill. But I guess it's, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's harder if you're a wolf yeah. not to kill somebody. <laughs> Animorphs is not about that. Animorphs is about killing. <laughs> Uh, let's quickly cover what pop culture there is in this book. Yeah, not a lot. The sharing, once again, compared to the boy or girl scouts, uh, Mm -hmm. at the sharing meeting, the kids are drinking Cokes and they're Mm -hmm. also having like coleslaw and hot dogs and pie. It sounded fucking good. And beer. I think they mentioned beer. Oh, fuck. Mm. I got hungry reading that. Uh, They mentioned the Levi's jacket. Maybe Karen is wearing a Levi's jacket. Hatchet by Gary Paulson, of course. Cassie asks Karen, are you like one of those X-Files people? Mm -hmm. They talk about Bambi and the fact that Karen loves Bambi. Mm -hmm. The leopard hits Cassie as cool and calm as Jackie Chan. (laughs) Do you... I do not think of Jackie Chan as being cool and calm. That is, that seems like more of a Bruce Lee yeah. to me. Yes. Yes. Jackie Chan is the guy who hits you and then goes, ah, and shakes his hand and makes a funny face. <laughs> yeah, I guess they're just trying to say, you know, he's confident in his yeah. martial arts abilities, but maybe Jackie Chan was more of a name the kids would recognize. But I feel like they would say mm-hmm. Bruce Lee if they haven't already. I don't know. Um, Shoulders, I think somebody, Marco's, Marco's gorilla has shoulders that look like they've been built by Mack trucks, mm-hmm. which, um, and of course, Karen thinks she, he looks like Curious George. There's a reference to the feeling of the dentist's drill even after the Novocaine shot. Novocaine. Sure. Trademark. I wasn't sure. I, I Googled okay. it. Tra- okay. Trademark Excellent. drug name. Yeah. Very good. Which, by the way. Side effects of Aftran may include headaches, nausea, and dizziness. Do not take Aftran if your doctor 
Yeah, it just sounds like okay. Uh, the Unibank, that's a real bank, I guess. Wait, really? Yeah, is I, it? I googled it. It's a bank. <laughs> Unibank Damn. Is, a, is a now. I don't know if maybe it became a bank after this book or something. Mm-hmm. But if you Google it, there is a Unibank.com. It's in Massachusetts specifically, so I probably not the same thing, <laughs> but. I don't know. I don't know if this is intentional. Maybe Seropedia has an answer for us on that one. Uh, but moving on, uh, as an Osprey, Cassie scans the Horizons Dairy Queens, <laughs> among other mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. I really like this one. Karen or Aftran is laughing a bunch, and Jake says, what are you, the Joker? <laughs> or actually, I should point out, because I noticed this too. Jake doesn't say it. He thinks that to himself. And I get the feeling I get the feeling Jake is sick of people not thinking his jokes are funny. <laughs> I'm not even going to try anymore. <laughs> they won't laugh anyway. What is this? Vietnam? Yeah. He's keeping it to himself. <laughs> you know what, Jake? I liked it. Uh, Rachel moves her Miata-sized head as an elephant. Marco had to put on one of those Nicoderm matches as his, what is that? That's his excuse to get out of school. Yeah. When they're all like, I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta use the bathroom. I gotta puke, whatever. And Marco's like, I'm trying to quit smoking. Don't stop me. (laughs) And now did you have the frog down here? I, I do have the frog or the twist or something down here. I don't know what the frog is. The frog is apparently a dance craze from the mid 1960s. Uh okay. and it's it's got a Wikipedia entry. It's capitalized. It's a the frog. Sure. It's not uh, as well known as the twist at least to me. No, but it's but it's uh it's up there maybe with the the monkey, the swim, the watusi and the mashed potato. Sometimes referred to as the Surf, Big B, and the Thunderbird. Sure. Isn't it funny that, like, this is just flossing is going to be this, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I cannot wait. It probably already is. Old, lame dance, like the floss. Like, I'm looking at this, like, they did the frog (laughs) on the Andy Griffith show, and, like, uh, like that, which is basically the equivalent of them flossing on Parks and Recreation or something. Like, that's... Sonic sonic flossing in the movie? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, like, the jitterbug. (laughs) That's good. I like that. All right. Anyway, if this is our longest episode, at least it's earned for this book. Good. I it's if I I wanted to rush us, but I was like, look, this book, it's fine. We can talk about it at length. It's fine. And if we had to spend more time talking about my phobia of plant meat, that's also fine. <laughs> if you have opinions and thoughts listening to this on the departure, email us at the Yerky Boy. No, sorry, the Yerky Boys at gmail dot com. And I guess we're still on X right now at the Yerky Boys, whatever. Uh, and you can follow me. Uh, just go to my website, JonathanEstes.com. Yeah, I am also still on X at Dog Times McGee, though I don't think I have logged on in the past week. Maybe I have. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck Elon. Uh, <laughs> Fuck thanks, it. everyone, for listening. Tune in next time when we'll be talking about Book 20, The Discovery, in which Marco turns into a cobra on the Yerky Boys.